It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Backtrack. Today, my guest is the illustrious Andrew Vargas, Hufflepuff's favorite. Oh, come on. I've placed <laughs> as Gryffindor when up, I've man? done tests. It's a pleasure I, I, to be here. Uh, th- thanks for coming. Today, of course, we're talking about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, hmm. or as it's known to literally everywhere else in the world, the Philosopher's Stone. Right. But here in the U.S., it's called the Sorcerer's Stone. I know. I mean, why is that? Why? Well, I mean, we have miles and feet, so if we have things different here, we might as well just stick with it. Yeah, if you didn't know, the show is kind of, we like to take a, a look back, rewind back at the uh, the movies we kind of grew up with from our childhood, kind of reflect on them, go over them, make jokes, have a few laughs, have a fun time. And reminisce of the memories we have of them and tap back into all those uh, feelings that we had back watching these movies when we were young. And this one is definitely a very pivotal movie for me. Like a lot of my taste you, you, in films ever since has been kind of like rooted in Harry Potter, especially this original one. The charm, the humor, the music, so much of it's just iconic in so many ways. It's definitely a masterclass of starting a franchise. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like the, so, like, what you said, the music is perfect. The casting is perfect. Like, they knew the first movie, this casting movie, great. Starting the franchise off with for all the movies to come. Like, you don't know if, if this one kid's going to suck after they hit puberty or something like that. They all are amazing. Like, the entire cast. Yeah. Uh the world building is great in this one. This gets you interested in the world. And if this movie wasn't as successful as it was, there wouldn't have been more movies. Yeah. I mean, the books were obviously popular before, but they weren't as, it wasn't as culturally known as obviously when the movie came out. Right. No, I mean, obviously the movies kind of transcended it into like a cultural phenomenon uh, that has become ever since. And it, it's amazing when you think about like, you know, we're so we're both in our mid twenties. So like growing up, like they, the actors at that age were a little older than us. By what, maybe a few years or so? If they're like, what, 11 in the first movie, we're a little bit younger than them. Yeah, so. so it was just kind of like just seeing them grow as we grew. And just thinking back at this age, like I could relate to them on the level of like being a child and going into school. I was seeing like coming of age as I was coming of age. Yeah. And being like, I can relate to that. Now you really look back. They always, like, they always came out every single year, you know, or, or where, like every other year sometimes. It was, but. yeah, something like that. And so I love that journey, but this movie word that comes to mind is like warmth like warmth when i think about like the movie and like the setting seeing hogwarts for the first time the hall and like the setting oh we'll talk more about it i I, it really is evocative for me especially upon rewatching it i get a very holiday vibe from it It doesn't necessarily mean christmas or anything i I do get a christmasy vibe because you know the snow at hogwarts and you have they do say merry christmas and they say merry christmas and so happy christmas happy christmas uh and they have the awesome like christmasy harry potter theme that's kind of there yeah uh i also mean in terms of like halloween as well because you get like the cool like yeah you know like the halloween ish theme and you have witches and wizards and stuff so it's very evocative like the holiday season yeah from october to december for me yeah it's very i I can see why people would want to rewatch it in those time periods, you know, like, oh, I just want to watch every Christmas. Yeah, like, oh, that's, it makes to- perfect sense. That's the tradition I have now is watching it during the holidays. I don't know if you can make the argument that's a Christmas movie, maybe. Uh, Why not? You know what? We're saying it here now. Harry the, Potter 1, Christmas movie. Everything's on the table. Is all Harry, I don't know if all Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies, but I... I would say the I would say for sure the original is. The early ones. Sorcerer's Stone, I think you could definitely say is a Christmas-themed movie. Harry Potter obviously covers the entire school year, like his I first know. school year. yeah. 
That's true. You know, so it does go through. It goes through the whole year. So I guess every every movie could be Christmas. <laughs> what? You know what? The entire Harry Potter franchise, Christmas franchise. That's. <laughs> but they always they definitely always like highlight that season. It always seems to come back and be like, there's a lot happening during the during the holiday season. Um, but yeah, where do you want to start more about going uh, through this film? And- so Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter one, directed by Christopher Columbus. Chris Columbus, you'll know him as the director of Home Alone one and two. Yes, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. He's the writer for uh, Gremlins and Goonies. And so. if you go back to Home Alone, Home Alone one and two were scored by um, John Williams. Yes, the music scored so by John. So that Williams. continues into this, and then he will do like the first three films. Yeah, scoring masterclass, masterclass. The, the, the music is almost the best. The master was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Music, did not win. What beat it? Do you know? Lord of the Rings at that time. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, two thousand one. Which. All right, if anything's going to beat Fair it, play. it would be Lord of the Rings. Fair but play. if Lord of the Rings wasn't there, it would be Harry Potter. It like, would have landslided. But I love the Lord of the Rings. But what an iconic, like, I don't know what it is about John Williams, but he could just make iconic themes. Every time. Out of the blue. He just picks, and it's like, how have we not heard this before? He just he just creates the amazing. For every movie he's a part of. Every movie. And so it's like the Harry Potter, the Hedwig's theme. It literally evokes, it's magical. And literally it is, evokes it of the actual movie, like it's just it's absolutely it's like perfect. The case for music being magic is like John Williams, Harry Potter. Growing up, I wasn't. I liked Harry Potter. I didn't. I didn't read the books growing up. I don't know about you. I did not read the books. Okay, so we both didn't haven't read the books. But I mean, I guess I tried to read the books when I was a kid. I literally went to the library and checked it out, like the local library when I was when I was younger. I'm like, oh, I gotta I gotta see what this is about, you know? Yeah. And I I'm trying to read the first chapter as a kid, and I don't I I haven't verified this this is my memory they didn't mention harry potter's name once in the first chapter and i was just like they don't even mention his name this is stupid <laughs> and i just returned I, I and i haven't picked it up since oh man you're gonna have to get over that <laughs> but i am interested in actually actually reading yeah. them now but. i definitely i started reading sorcerer's stone one time at a bookstore and i got through a chunk of it but i just didn't have like the urge sometimes i don't like reading like a book or like i watch an adaptation but i don't want to read the book because I don't want to like go through a story I kind of know already, um, but Harry Potter being so iconic and like I feel like reading the books, it's like when you watch the movie, so much is condensed from the book, and I feel like the books just there's like so much that's fleshed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you just want more of the world of Harry Potter, then definitely reading seems, and I feel like I probably should read them because I do love the world of Harry Potter and the magic and them. I want to see how it's different too, because I'm sure they do some different things here and there. But exactly. I do know that people who I know who have read the books, they do say that like as the movies go on, they they do less and less from them. I guess it makes sense because the movies are all around the same length, and the movie, the books just keep getting bigger. get longer. Yeah, but uh, I do appreciate it, especially for the these early ones that people have said that they are the most faithful to the books. Like they're they're the most. I guess that's one of the reasons why it's so good, is that it dwells from its source material and it's very uh, faithful to it, which in turn. Shows you how a great franchise can get started if you are faithful to the books. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I, I guess now Artemis Fowl as well. I guess that. <laughs> I suppose so. Well, even the author for Percy Jackson was like talking crap on the that adaptation, and now they're doing a new adaptation. It's going to be faithful. which is funny though because Percy Jackson is kind of a ripoff of Harry Potter, and a lot of the stuff that came out, like Harry Potter Certainly. started everything, and a lot of things are just kind of like you take it, Harry Potter. You just let me copy your homework. You know that meme. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> cha- but make sure you change the answers or whatever you know so a lot of the stuff that came out after this kind of started a whole genre of young adult yeah. books and movies and stuff but none of them compare to harry potter yeah the other thing still waiting for that chronicles of narnia 
series on you know whatever HBO or some. Was there supposed someday. to be a Chronicles? I don't know. I just I'm, that would be cool. I do like. I remember liking those books as well growing up. Yeah, I read those. I did not read that either. I, it's funny. I read those books. I don't remember anything. I wow. just remember the the movie from the movie. Like that's yeah. why I reason I remember the first book. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably talk more about Sorcerer's Stone of okay, Harry Potter, off cho- the Chronicles of Narnia. That could be another podcast topic, probably. <laughs> uh, Less for me to talk about, but. Uh, but yeah. So growing up, I wasn't like the biggest Harry Potter fan. I was a Harry Potter appreciator. Like I appreciated the lore, the magic, but I wasn't super into like the toys or the the books you know the other the other multimedia aspects of harry potter that the games you know yeah i don't remember being i don't remember having harry potter toys ever i don't think i had a harry potter toy like i adore star wars that's my favorite thing ever but i had toys of that harry potter it was more just like the movies i loved and then some games like i remember like game boy advance games of like the original there were a lot of games for that there were a lot and and they kept like coming out and it was just like the crappy ps2 like running around the castle you know trying to like but it's the greatest thing ever you know (laughs) um and you know there are rumors of a harry potter game that's going to be coming out like an rpg so that's going to just make my dreams come true being able to play like as a that'd be great so this is 2001 and so i don't have a like very clear memory of watching this movie in theaters i know i did um i don't know i've seen all the harry potter movies in theaters but i just remember magical experience of being like for effects wise i feel like this movie was definitely like like it was on par with what was the top of the game at that time like you look at lord of the rings like the good effects are the good effects are and there's some bad effects there are some bad effects but you could also say that about other movies at the time like we'll, we'll get into it later on but like there's some of the effects i was just like ooh, ooh yeah this, this, this is not as good as i remember it being no no and it's funny how your mind has that memory of like being amazed by the cg and then you go back in time and it's like that is Doesn't not hold up. what I yeah. recalled at all. For me, I had the movie on VHS and it was the only Harry Potter movie I had for a long time. We didn't have any of the other ones. Uh, so this is really the one I had most experience with watching, I guess. It's probably the least scary one as well. Yeah, I would say so. It's definitely it's definitely the one that's the most appealing to children. You know, like and obviously I think all the movies have some appeal to like kids, kids. but this one's the one that like if you're young and like we were and like you could really relate you know um and you know it's interesting looking you know thinking about how a lot of i feel like adults also really admire and love the harry potter series like especially parents who like watch the movies with their kids like my dad loves harry potter (laughs) and like he was the one who took us to go see the movie like it was for us but he ended up loving it and i feel like harry potter especially with this movie alone like even though there are kids running around like doing magic it's like adults are into it too and they're like well, especially uh, nowadays, because like, we're all adults now, and we have like I'm I'm a Slytherin. Uh, and, like, can, do you have a, more of a personality than just saying your hobbit sounds to me? <laughs> all right, you did a BuzzFeed uh, test for this. Buzzfeed Where test. are you? Big shot. Uh, um, I I want to bring up one thing that's interesting throughout the series is uh, you know he doesn't have a lot of time, but the actor who plays Dumbledore. What did you think of him as Dumbledore? At least in this movie, just since we're focusing on that. So, yeah, this Dumbledore, uh, I guess I won't get too much into, like, future movies, but I feel like they're very different takes on the character. This Dumbledore seems almost like Paragon figure that's not really involved, but he's, like, kind of pulling mm. stuff in the background, you know? Uh, he's very kind of, like, warm. You get that, like, warm feeling about him. 
you you're like, oh, this guy's just like, he's looking out for me, you know, he's there for me. He's kind of like this grandfatherly figure that maybe you don't know very well. Maybe a great grandfather character, you know. Like and he someone. feels like reserved in like a mystique kind of way. Like there's so much about him you don't know, but you feel like there's so much, so much experience he has, like deep wisdom. And anything he says, like, you know, he's right. He doesn't seem ill intent on no not he at seems all. very nice and he's just very like grandfatherly and like oh warm and, and he wants stuff. the best for his you know the students at hogwarts yeah. and it's like he it, there's no one more trusting i feel like than dumbledore the way and from the bat from this movie it's like uh, you're ready I, I i think uh, only hagrid beats him in the trusting kind of like uh, i know, could yeah okay but, hagrid, hagrid's sure. more like uh involved in your life but like the dumbledore is kind of like the mysterious like relative that you yeah. don't really see uh the new actor that kind of comes in it still has like mysterious factor but he's like, he's kind of aggressive and kind of like, are you, do you really care about me? Like, you seem like you're kind of like involved in other things and like, you're like, you're backhandedly way helping me do things, you know? And he's like very, like, <laughs> seems yeah. kind of like, you know, in your I face. I feel like he, 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 he develops as the story goes on and, but it still feels kind of faithful to what the character is ultimately. But I, when he said Hagrid, I was like, yeah, Hagrid's very much more straightforward. I love the scenes where he's like, he says information that he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. You know, he just he gets so comfortable around the kids that he just like says things and he just, he just he's not like their students. They're he's like, very yeah. unfiltered. You know, like he even has like the, the hut as, you know, outside of campus that he's at, and it's just like he feels like the guy who's like obviously a part of the school, but also like on it doing his own thing yeah. at the same time, the groundskeeper yeah. life. So, um, yeah, I, I would have to say Hagrid's probably my favorite character. Hagrid's awesome uh, throughout Harry Potter, but you just immediately like. When he busts down the door, uh, on, when they're on the the Dursleys and Harry and the island, it's like you just you gotta love that guy. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Uh, yeah. So we'll, let's get into the let's get into like the recap over here. Uh, so the movie we start off with now classic theme, you know the dun 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 dun, dun you know, uh, and then the Harry Potter, uh, you know. The logo, right? Uh, the stormy skies and stuff in the background, you know. I How- kind of forgot that that was something that they have done from the beginning. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I thought um, that, that they introduced that, like, by the third one or something. And then I realized, no, no, that's, like, been since the original. It, it's funny because as you go on in the movies, it's, like, this gold lettering with, like, the dark sky. But, like, as the movies go on, it just gets darker and darker and darker. darker and darker. You can barely see it. That's right. It's kind of like when you're setting, like, the brightness for a game. Move this till you can't see the logo on the left <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know it is i'm like, always like nope max brightness i don't want to be seen here yeah we start off though with uh dumbledore who we talked about uh mcgonagall who is another uh, uh professor at hogwarts uh and hagrid are bringing baby harry rubius rubius hagrid Great name. uh yeah bringing baby harry to uh uh the house of the dursleys or dudsleys dursleys yeah. dursleys uh you know dumbledore has like weird light uh what is that called it's like the light. This it's is like a lighter, but it's like is, it absorbs light. I'm gonna say this right now to put it, to everyone know. I'm bad at remembering the name of spells and things. Oh yeah, and like the objects in Harry Potter. Um, so like I can't tell you what I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, like I know what it is. I'm just like I always I thought that was kind of cool. Called. I thought it was kind of cool, but in like in retrospect, I'm kind of like this is. Why do you have like a device to like get the lights from all these light posts? Like why do you need? Can't you just walk down the street like what you're gonna steal in the lights? People can still see you. The moonlight's <laughs> still like bright. You can still be seen. Uh, we get some more like kind of magical stuff kind of happening. McGonagall is like a cat when she, we first see her, and she kind of turns herself back. Into yeah, her later on when they're late, uh, Hagrid uh, comes uh, flying in on a, like a flying motorcycle. Uh, 
so and we see them discussing like if the rumors are true is this like the best choice of action to leave him with with these people like meeting harry leaving harry with these people uh and they're like oh they're the worst sort of people imaginable yeah and and they really are (laughs) they really are the worst people imaginable and is there really nobody else that could have raised harry i know they they mentioned like Hey, we got to make sure he's away from the fame and fortune that he's going to know about because he's better off growing up away from all of that from our world. But there's no one else who can take him in that would give him a good upbringing. I don't think as a muggle. I don't. I think they. I think he was. Their mindset was like because of everything that happened with the parents. Like there's no way he could exist or he could be a part of the magic world, growing up at this pivotal years of his life. I think they were just trying to protect him from the dark realities of what. He comes from and crappy as it is like dumbledore just felt like family is where he belonged and but it, it, it gets to the point are they knowingly letting this child be abused it, you can make an argument actually and if you think about it i mean like the dursleys are terrible people horrible I mean, the fact that they keep a kid under a stairway and there's a little <laughs> room like, that's literally like the, and you could have the police or well maybe not the police some kind of uh you know child safety or something right? coming in and like yeah taking harry potter to you know would he be better but the other thing is like maybe they didn't realize what kind of upbringing he was having exactly until later on maybe i don't know come on they have uh, magic they can spy on them they can see what they're doing I, you know you could say that uh, possible child negligence maybe i think there's a running theme though of these movies where the adults i, I we talk about this on the podcast a lot but like the adults are just like inept and they don't care and especially in the harry potter movies though they always are endangering the lives of the children like you can argue that they're not they're not they're not capable teachers they're not capable of watching these kids <laughs> i mean because hogwarts is such a dangerous place he's like oh don't go on this floor unless you want to die a horrible painful death and it's just like what? you're running a school what if someone gets lost and walks in there <laughs> there's a lot of it's a danger it makes you realize like you know, it's da- it's dangerous just living in the real world, but like as living in the magical world, like oh my god, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't Does have it? to be as dangerous as they as they are. Like oh, the dark force, we have creatures in there that could kill you. Don't go in there. Like you guys are adults. Why don't you wipe this out? Like clean the area up. You know what I mean? Well, I you mean, have magic. I mean, I, bing bang boom, out abracadabra. Let's get it going. I, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. That's, <laughs> talk to J.K. Rowling. I didn't write the story. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we see him. Of course, we get the great line where they leave him on the on the doorstep. Good luck, Harry Potter, and it zooms yeah. in on, on the scar, you know, and then zooms out from the scar as it comes back. Which I, I love that zooming on the scar as it kind of like lights up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, here he is, ten, eleven years old, living under the cupboard under the stairs, yeah, being abused by the Dursleys. They're, they're like, "Wake up now, Harry!" And they're like push him around he's like oh make us breakfast and just like he's just a slave at this point to these people it's really it's you you feel very bad instantly for harry and just like and because he also just feels like he's a nobody and it's just like the fact that he has like so much potential that he doesn't know about yet and it's like what soon happens after and it just makes it so much more satisfying seeing how the way he's treated and then knows that he's so much more than that yes we find out we w- he wakes up and we find out today is Dudley's birthday. It's his cousin, right? Yeah. Dudley's his cousin, and his aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon are, yep. are their names. Uh, and we just get the sense that you know the worst people. They're like his cousin's like the thirty six last year. I had thirty seven presents, you know. And, and you get the sense Harry's never had a birthday present ever in his life. And like, oh, it's heartbreaking. We're, we're gonna buy you more presents. Don't worry. And they're just giving this kid whatever he wants. Uh, we, they obviously go off to the zoo. Uh, Vernon has this line. His uncle. 
where he says, any funny business you have, you won't have any meals. Now let's go, you know, kind of thing. So is that kind of implying that Harry has magic, quote unquote, or something something odds happened around him in the past? I can't tell if that meant like he has had that or if he's just like done something to cause attention or maybe like, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell if it was something that was, yeah, like a magical reference or if it was just like, we don't want you causing a scene or we don't, I don't know. Because like, we don't know too much, at least from the movies of what the 10 years of Harry Potter's life yeah. before this is like. So maybe there was like little moments of where he tapped into it. Cause um, obviously we haven't read the book, so we don't know. the full extent of that. <laughs> Sorry. But I would say, you know, if I had to place a guess, I would probably say it might be some like magical stuff he's tapped into. We do know that the aunt and uncle do know that he is they're, a wizard. Yes, they know. Uh, yeah. So maybe they're just, they maybe retrospect, like in hind- like not it, hindsight, but like, uh, what's the word when you're kind of the, uh, warn somebody of something happening in the future, kind of thing. Like, oh, you're trying to like be wary of it happening. Oh, I, I'm not right now. I don't, I'm not sure. It'll hit me later, like after we're done recording. But <laughs> that word is in the shower. Yeah, um, yeah, and that makes sense because if you know, since they know, um, he wouldn't say something like that if because if they're going to a public place and they don't want any attention of like some weird magical activity, which ends up happening yes uh, uh so I, that makes sense that he would we see them at that. the zoo like after after he says that and we see him going into the reptile house and as a kid uh i don't know if you had this experience but you see like a group of students like kind of leaving the reptile house and they have like green like kind of like school uniforms on uh and i always thought they, they were from hogwarts i thought they were like slytherin kids hmm. uh now it really doesn't make sense why, why would a bunch of magical students be at a normal ass zoo like <laughs> I know, <laughs> and uh, like upon reading, watch they have like the crest on their school uniforms isn't of Hogwarts. I'm sure a uh, magical a Wizarding World zoo is a lot more interesting oh, than a normal human ass zoo. You know, <laughs> you I mean? like have like all kinds of beasts and creatures. And I wasn't stuff. sure. I was like, oh, th- even though they go to Hogwarts, they go to the normal zoo. But it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we get the scene with the uh, the snake. You, like everyone's bored of the snake, and Harry's like, oh, I'm sorry about him, and then. They're just horrible people. They all knock on the glass. I'm sorry. And then the snake starts to respond back to him, like yeah. winks at him. And he's like nodding and understands what Harry's saying. And Harry has like a little bit small talk and it's like responding to his questions. Like, oh, so cool. You can talk to snakes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess in these early movies, you, you get the sense that, especially in this one, because it doesn't really come up, they're like, oh, this is just could be a thing that wizards do. Like, you know, it doesn't really come up into play later of how important that is. Yeah. They plant the seeds of what that storyline will be. And uh, exactly. It really becomes a lot more for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was always the coolest thing, though, like, talking to, like, a because re- I, I was huge into, like, reptiles and dinosaurs, like, as a little kid, and I'm like, oh, you can talk to snakes, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but this is the first time we see him do anything magical, like, the glass disappears, and his cousin kind of, like, or his cousin comes and pushes him over, and then he's like, oh, look at the snake, mommy, you know, and yeah. he, he falls into the, falls the snake pen, the snake escapes and just gives you the nice, thanks, and he's like, oh, yeah. all right, and then he escapes the habitat and starts, like, slithering and, like, hissing at everybody and like oh snakes free you know everyone's freaking out harry's like laughing because the his cousin gets trapped inside the the cage and that makes me think that he definitely had some kind of experience with magic because he doesn't react in a way that he's like surprised by it but it feels like he may have had some kind of experience with magic at some point to, to where he kind of knows this is magic well i'm not sure because then later when we're, we're going to talk about soon like when he learns that he's a wizard maybe he just didn't realize that's what he was or maybe he knew something was different about him, but now it's like, oh, that's what I am. Or like, yeah. I'm not sure, but I love what comes next about 
uh, you know, they're punishing him and he's like being but kept in. You do love to see it when he's like, he's trapped in the cage, you know, because oh, the glass so is satisfying. And, he, and they're all, everyone's crying and screaming like, boom, boom, boom. And, he's, and he's just laughing. You're like, you just love to see those what guys. What a satisfying moment. A little bit of torture goes along. He's been waiting 10 years for that moment <laughs> at this point. But, you know, uh, Vernon kind of like brings him home and throws him into the, the cupboard again, locks him in there. And he's like, how did this happen? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It was like magic. It just disappeared. And Vernon's like, there's no such thing as magic. And it's like, oh, foreshadowed for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but I love when uh, what comes next with the letters starting yeah. to flow in for. So, yeah, at this point, Harry, Harry starts to receive letters in the mail. Mm-hmm. Harry doesn't get mail. How's he getting letters, you know? Uh, so they kind of take it from him like, who's writing to you, Harry? And they're like, oh. So they start, they start, the letters start coming every day more and more. They're like, you know, we see him burning it. Uh, and also a bunch of owls are coming as well. They're like bringing the letters and hanging out in the, yeah. the house. So you're like, what's going on here? And it has like that great, you know, John Williams theme, the great, like kind of, Ooh, the mystery. Like we know that like, Oh, something big is happening, but like, Harry doesn't know. Obviously, yeah. uh, it all accumulates to where like it's Sunday. He's like, Oh, there's no post on Sunday. Uh, but, uh, the, all the letters come shooting out from the, from the fireplace and everyone's freaking out. Harry's able to like the iconic shot of him, like trying to reach up and grabbing grab him. Him. Grab him. Uh, eventually it just all, encompasses the entire house vernon's just freaking out like don't give me that letter potter you know just freaking out he just snaps he's just like we're going away where they can't find us (laughs) (laughs) i love that they just go to some remote island some random ass lighthouse in the middle of the night it's (laughs) It's so strange it's so why would you it's so extreme so extreme so remote to be fair if you had a house that was getting just hit with magical letters flying in i feel like you would try to get somewhere very drastic to stop that because you're as a muggle or a human, you're like, you don't understand it. You like, can't stop this. You can't stop it. You know what? You can stop it, though, Vernon. You know how? Just let Harry go. I know. What? It, why is it such a big deal? Why do they want to keep him there and not tell him? Th- like, I, maybe it's answered in the books, and it, maybe it's, it's kind of answered in the movie. And I don't know. what. What's their issue? Like, he's like a source of their problems. They don't like him. Why don't they just let him go? Like, they, they want to take care of this kid living in their house? Yeah, you would think that's you know what would be best and that what they want to do, but they they don't. Yeah, but th- so they're at that like lighthouse cottage shack thing in the middle of the night. Uh, we see it's Harry's birthday. He's, he's like making the dust birthday cake. And oh the, yeah, and it's like so sad. It's like happy birthday, Harry. You know, uh, and then of course Hagrid comes storming in, taking charge immediately of the situation. He has like the, the uncle like has a gun on him. He's like, what are you doing here? And he kind of like dry up, bends the gun like a cartoon. You know, just I always love that. I always love that because. It- it's like one of those special or not even special effects. I don't know how they did it exactly, but it's like the gun you see it like the gun that looks like like a legit gun and he just like and, and just turns it. And I'm like I remember at a young age is like special effects always like more like cuz that's like kind of a practical It's a prop. It's a prop effect, but it like looks pretty like convincing uh, I mean at a young age I felt. And so I was just like <laughs> the fact that he just grabbed it, turned it in, like turned it down, I was like, "Damn, that's like I was always impressed by practical, uh, you know, prop effects like that. So I, I like that moment. I love it. I love Hagrid. We talked about it earlier. Hagrid's great. You know, he's kind of like that bigger brother-ish type character and father-ish figure, but he's more kind of like he seems like he's on. He's Harry's like a side. dependable. He's like the uncle that you trust. You can always like rely on. He's always just straight with you, and he's just like he has such a presence that you could be very frightening, but like. He's instantly just like a big teddy bear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's like so just kind and He's um, the first person that's on Harry's side. Totally on see, Harry's side. You know? And like we are, and we're like, all right, yeah, you're looking out for him. 
uh, basically he gives Harry the letter and the birthday cake and like, oh, happy birthday, Harry. Which, you know, that cake, I always wanted to eat that cake. It looks good, It right? looks so good. And I, I adore cake, and I'm just like, damn it, like, that <laughs> cake looks delicious. Even though he sat on it, he's like, oh, sorry, Still, I sat on it, Harry. I'll eat, i take a slice of that. Uh, then uh, Hagrid does have, like, he's, like, really coy with him at this point. He's like, oh, don't you know where your mom and dad learned everything? And, of course, you know about Hogwarts, don't you, Harry? And well, he's like, know, you know he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you the, you well, dropped him off here. Well, but but here's I mean, you, does Hagrid is Hagrid in the know of what the Dursleys have shared with Harry? They know the Dursleys are horrible people. Is it ever like described what Hagrid knows? I think you're just making the conclusion that he knows. Why wouldn't the, he know? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, is Hagrid in the know of what Harry's life is like? He could just be dropped him off moved on and has come back and he just assumes that harry has been groomed or been taught that he's going to be a harry or a uh, wizard i don't know i don't know i, I do. feel like i feel like all the adults are semi-responsible for what happened to harry I, I think you have i think you're right <laughs> to an extent but i think there's also stuff that isn't overtly like shared that we don't you know we can jump to a conclusion but we don't know what hager knows exactly I it guess. seems like he's clueless um so that's what i would assume he is he's not aware harry gets his letter his hogwarts letter harry's excited uh, but the Dursleys just like want nothing to do with it. Like, oh, he's not going. You know, they're like, hey, we're not be going to the school, and they have like this. You know, they tell Harry that like, oh, we knew that your mother and father were both like wiz- wizards and witches and stuff, but they took him in, but and they wanted to stop like the rubbish magic. But that's the way they agreed to take him in, and because of because why the despite like because of, like, they just it was, was she jealous of her sister being a wizard. And that does come up later, and I think it has a lot to do with kind of the yeah the spite and uh, and, the, and yeah I think it's a lot of rooted in that and kind of uh, they they see Harry as a projection of because his sister is like jealous and uh, yeah his aunt they, oh yeah sorry but that's what I'm referring to yeah, yeah Lily's sister the aunt um, yeah so I think it kind of is rooted in that um, I don't know they just want to have like this life with Dudley and like and spoil Harry- him and like Harry's just like this. A slave. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> like the baggage that they have to take care of because he was forced upon them. And like, but he's he's literally – they have an out. They could send him away. They do bring up a good point here though. Uh, he says something like, oh, I'm not, I will not pay to have him be taught magic tricks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like – wait, that's a, that's a good point. You are responsible for paying the tuition at Hogwarts? Like you're forcing <laughs> them to pay like for Harry's tuition to go to like magic school? Is that like a canon thing? Like they have to pay like for his schooling? Wait, I don't. Okay, this is a part that I'm like trying to remember without looking it up right away. But who did pay for? Was it them or was it the? Because I know because Harry has access to like has, a bunch of gold. Yeah, that, wasn't it the gold of the, his parents or whatever that yeah, they left? They left for him. For him. But it, Vernon does say like, "I will not pay to have somebody teach him magic tricks or something like that." And he's like, "Oh, never insult Dumbledore in front of me," you know. Mm. Uh, but that's a good point. If they're responsible for paying for it, like they shouldn't have to be forced into paying for him to go to the <laughs> school. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he's getting forced to go to also, the school. Also, does Harry go to actual school? Um, at that age, I would imagine, yeah. I think he would have had to. Now there's even more neglect. The teachers are neglectful. This poor ass kid wearing the same clothes every day. Honestly, <laughs> there's there's some troubling uh, patterns troubling, here. Troubling patterns here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see in retrospect. Thank God he's out of there. Yeah, he's out of there. Hagrid's had enough of it. He makes Dudley have like the pigtail, uh, and Harry. Oh, that's a great one. And Harry yeah. and Hagrid are just like, all right, let's go. You know, unless you want to stay, you know, they just completely leave. Good for you, Harry. Uh, they head off to London and then to Diagon Alley to buy Harry's uh, supplies. Harry gets a realization that he's famous because everyone seems to know his name. Which is a cool moment because it's like 
he instantly goes from being like a nobody and then he's like a celebrity like yeah instantly and, it, and he's like just like overwhelmed by it and he's like trying to understand it and that's a kind of i always like that like transition is like yeah pretty like stark the, the contrast flop uh everyone's just you know so honored and they're meeting like different people in the bar before they get to Diagon alley and they even meet one of the professors uh from hogwarts professor quarrel and uh he's like you know stuttering like oh happy to meet you you know uh yeah. but he can't seem to touch harry it comes into play later but it does he can't seem to touch him uh, and you ever, you ever think about like when you're watching movies as a kid and that sh- stuff just flies over your head yeah and you're just like he seems weird and then like later <laughs> on it is like oh my god and it's like but then you look back and it's like oh i should have seen that the, like... the, this movie does do a good job of like upon rewatch you're like oh that's what and you kind of see him in the background doing stuff and yeah, yeah. Like, oh you know yeah. but you don't it doesn't not upon first watch it you know you don't very well d- uh, developed stuff like that, that comes uh, into play later. yeah coral is the turban wearing like defense against a dark arc teacher uh but we get the uh the really cool transition with the uh, brick wall, yes. To enter Diagon Alley with all the various you know magic shops and stuff. I remember like it, that was like a secret code in like a video game or like the DVD extras or something. Uh, but like if you hit the right order of where the, like the bricks are hit, uh-huh. like on a video game or something, it accessed like a bonus like bonus features or or some or codes or something. I always liked yeah the DVDs and stuff had like those little like hidden things in there. Games it, and things. Yeah, it just made it feel like. It's like a very curious like. They don't do that anymore. I don't know. I don't even get DVDs anymore, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Maybe they do. But uh, yeah, so Diagon Alley always seemed really cool. Like it always seemed like a cool world building. Yeah. Like, like oh, it's hidden inside the actual London, but like you have to get secret ways that's, to get the portal in there. Yeah, and... that's what I always loved about Harry Potter was that like all these other fantasy you know series that I do love, you know, they felt they're just very far away and like a very. Um, unfamiliar type of place whereas harry potter is just like you just turn a corner and suddenly you're like in a magical world and the normal can become like magical instantly and it's pretty cool that i was that i was liked about harry potter it makes it special it it really much establishes the franchise like this movie is a lot of exposition like establishing things going forward that will be important you know yeah. uh and it's just very enticing and very war- like oh i want to be there you know you get that sense and it's very it's easy to see how many people like love harry potter because of it like this movie sold everybody on it and everybody yeah. was a fan after it. Yeah, absolutely. And just one movie, every, you got everybody on board. Like that, that's really good. Props to you. We get the uh, the Nimbus Two Thousand. That's oh, such a cool name, dude. It it's is such, such a cool 2000. name. Uh, we get you know Harry and Hagrid go to the bank. You know, with by the goblins, they have to get Harry's money. He's just yeah. a mountain of gold in Harry's vault. We also have Hagrid stopping by another vault and he grabs like the mysterious something else. It's like, hmm, hmm remember that. But it's yeah. also another aspect of him. He's not only a celebrity, he's rich as hell. Yes. You know what I mean? So he just went from like... Growing up with nothing. Just a, literally like a slave in the house. And he's just like a celebrity with gold-filled Unlimited vault. Unlimited money, yeah. It's nuts. It's awesome. You love to see it. You do love <laughs> to see it. Uh, and I guess uh, props to... I mean, all the every, I think everybody does a great job here. All the kid actors and stuff. But like props to him for really selling it and being like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I'm a kid. I'm going from poor and get people on your side immediately like yeah. you're instantly endeared to this kid and i really love the uh the go- was it goblins in here or what yeah, are they? The, yeah. the goblins the goblin bankers goblin bankers like the makeup on them is like it's really good really good i feel like there's nothing that i could compare it to at that age of seeing that kind of level of makeup you know what yeah. i mean so i was pretty like just wowed by like oh shit like this like and it's very so it's very real it's very lore and you're like what is their deal what's the goblin you know and i think just... that's where my like a lot of like my interest in lore and stuff is like they just give you a taste part of this world goblins are bankers you're like wait what you know and you're trying to figure but it out. how you know but what yeah, uh, so 
yeah, so Harry, uh, you know, is getting all this stuff from his supplies. He gets his wand at uh, Ollivander's wand shop. Yep. Ollivander always seemed kind of, like, cool to me. He's, like, mysterious, you know, but he's always seemed like, yeah. what's your deal, dude? Like, I want to know more about and you. And I was like, he can pick the wand based on, like, who you are as a person. He just knows. It, the wand chooses the wizard, Harry, right. you know. Uh, he finally finds the one, you know, the yeah. wand, and then gives it to Harry, and we get the cool now I, another iconic shot oh that's where it's an like, amazing shot you know like the, the lights, music's building on the light is and the on wind. wind is going crazy it's awesome I, yeah. really iconic uh with a it made from a phoenix tail feather one other wand has that uh belong to he whose name must not be named it's so cool it's so like it's, it's the brother of the wand is the one that gave harry potter the scar and you're like what, what i like i really like the quote where he's like we're he talking about voldemort at the time but uh, not saying the name and he's like, he did great things. Terrible, yes, but great. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a really interesting perspective for like a kid's movie to be like, this guy, you know, he did awful stuff, but, uh, you know, he's uh, pretty great too. And it's like, what? Like, it's a weird perspective. I thought in terms of like the, his, his actions were considered great, but they were horrible things. But it's like, a, it's a great feat for a wizard to do, but it's not great. In I don't know. Like I, that's, uh, that was always something I questioned was like, did he admire what Voldemort was doing? Mm. You know, like, is there a part of him that kind of almost admired, secretly admired, has some little like admiration. For I do. Him. I, Ollivander's cool. Uh, he's mysterious. Cause he's like, you don't know his deal and his story or like how he feels about like, I, I felt like this quote made me like question how he feels about dark, the dark Lord. And he's like, Oh, he must not be named. You know, you know, he, he doesn't really tell Harry much about him. He's just very coy and mysterious about it. Like, Harry's obviously intrigued, wants to know more. He has to ask Hagrid about it, like, at lunch. I do want to mention, though, I do have my wand that I got from... Yeah, uh, I noticed that earlier. So From, what's the... from Universal, like, the uh, Universal Hollywood. They have the Hogwarts land, which is well done. It really is immersive. Uh, the reason I have it, and I'm sure it's, like, a, it's another... It's a trick, obviously, to get you to spend money to buy the freaking wand. But uh, I was there with Carly, uh, and we... We're like they only choose they choose people like in in the audience to like to try wands and things. Mm -hmm. So like oh they picked one guy he tried a wand and then like effect happened at Ollivander's shop where it's like it's kind of like a show but like they hand you a wand and like you flick it and then like uh, oh stuff will fly off the the whatever. So it's like cool like effects going on. Uh, And then at the very end they're like uh what about this one? And they gave and then me and Carly both got wands and they gave us the wand and then we had like the light shine down on us like oh like we were chosen you know like they had the wind and everything what a like, moment everyone was like ooh, yeah it was kind of like oh this is so cool but of course they don't give it to you for free damn it you know i thought we we're like oh we got chosen <laughs> in, the, in the show like oh we'll get a free one you know uh oh but, you wanted to keep that that'll be a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah basically it's, it, they're like 75 bucks each or something, or something <laughs> crazy and we're like do we really and they're like oh now i, I let you i let you decide if you want to buy this or not. i'm like literally they I, I get it. They have a million wands, and they just probably like, "Oh, here you go." This you wand know? belongs to you for the right price. Exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't let us leave with like I was. I thought we'd yeah. just be able to leave with it, but we had to buy it. But I was like, "All right, we're on vacation, but we got chosen. Might, let's just let's buy our." No wands. one else in that audience had that ability to get those those Ex- specific wands. Exactly. Right? Mine is a uh, shoot. It's like birch, I think. I mean, mine is a birch hmm. birch wand. It's like is it legit wood and everything? Or oh, no. oh dang, fake wood. But yeah, it's it's that cool. It was great. a really cool experience. I, I really appreciate the work that they did for that. For that yeah. Plan. Okay, I like uh, that production. So yeah, let's get back to the movie. Hagrid has to kind of explain it all to Harry about the he who must not be named, and he's like, "All right, Harry, his name was Voldemort." And like Voldemort. Shh, I know he yells it. <laughs> but we realize that Voldemort is the one who killed Harry's parents, and anyone who stood in the way of power was killed by him. No one lived to stand up against him except for you, Harry. 
Mm-hmm. It's like that's the reason he's famous. He's the boy who lived. Boy who lived. Yeah. Uh, Voldemort disappeared after that night, and he hasn't been seen since. Nobody knows where he is. Hmm. Foreshadowing. He's been gone yeah. these whole years. Uh, Hagrid still thinks seems to think that like oh he's out there somewhere waiting to feed again. You know, kind of thing, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I always wonder because uh, later on in the series you get the sense that like people, a lot of people just think oh nope he's gone dead, and there's and the people like Hagrid they get the sense that like there's more to this like yeah. you know. They get the sense that he's still lurking out. There's there, more so. to the story. More to the story, but uh, there's more books to. That's tell. actually one of my favorite parts about the movies later on. Uh, that kind of dynamic, what people believe about. Yeah. Him. Uh, so after lunch, you know, Hagrid and Harry get to the train station, and Hagrid, what we talked about, horrible people, just abandons Harry there. He's just like, <laughs> oh, gotta run, Harry. You know, just go to go to the platform. And at King's Harry's, Cross. Harry's at this train station. Is like nine and three quarters. Hagrid, there's no, and then Hagrid's just gone. gone. Like. Leaving Harry all though. That is some negligence for sure. It's just running themes. These adults are so irresponsible. Like it's just negligent. <laughs> like Harry doesn't know anything. You're not going to help him. Like how is he going to know where to go? I know, I know. But it, somehow he does. He figures it out. I guess they're just like free range. Like like oh come on, if you can't get to the thing, I guess you don't deserve to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> Thank God the Weasleys were all there. Thank God the Weasleys were there. Like because like they the, Harry's trying to ask the conductor guy like hey excuse me do you know how to get to this the platform nine and three quarters and the conductor guy is just like oh you think you're being funny huh oh you having a laugh with me huh and he's just like dude he's a lost kid <laughs> <laughs> but thank God Weasleys are there you see uh M- Mama Weasley uh and yep. then all the kids thankfully he overhears the mom like every year this the station's packed with muggles come on everyone nine and three quarters is this way like announcing to the world that there's a this- that would have been my mom yeah. <laughs> Just making a scene. 100% making a scene. Just saying everything out loud. Like, oh, mom. But, you know, Harry's like, can you help me get to the to the platform? And like, oh, yes, come on, dear. Just run straight to the wall, and then you'll get there, you know? And then so Harry does. Winds Molly. Up the- Molly's the mother. Molly, Molly Weasley. Molly Weasley. Uh, so Harry, you know, listens to what she says, winds up at the Hogwarts Express. I, I, Boom. Uh, Magic. The- awesome. Yeah, it goes right in. But one other funny thing that I, from the Weasley scene was, like, when it's the, the twins – <laughs> he's like Fred, you next, and he's like, he's not Fred, I am. That's right. And then they forgot. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm only joking. I'm Fred. <laughs> you honestly, woman, you call yourself all mother. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I always love that. Uh, yeah, but of course, Harry's on the express, and we get to meet up with our two other leads of the franchise, with Ron and Hermione. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What's your impression of them? What, what do you? Do you like them? Oh my! I mean, yeah, obviously, I love them. Uh, like initial impression, like I guess, um, I you know, I felt like I always gravitated as a like i was more like a harry than a ron you know <laughs> but like i loved i loved ron's like enthusiasm and like his curiosity and he's just like kind of gullible and very like you know later on you see how scared he can be of obviously spiders and whatnot but and i love that like the carts come through how can you not be excited by seeing the candies and things on these carts yeah like frog chocolate frogs jumping. harry is so baller like so harry and ron are, are you know are on the on the cart uh, in their own little cabin area, right? In their own little yeah. seats, uh, and they just they buy the entirety of the candy trolley. Harry's like the we'll whole t- thing. We'll take the lot, and just that seems kind of unfair, Harry. Like there's other people on this train. Like you're just so baller now that you can't share with anybody. Nobody else can have a chocolate. You got to think about it. He just came from like nothing, barely getting scraps, living under a stairway, and now he has all this money. <laughs> He's a celebrity. Let him a little, little, like, Let live a little. little you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let him live a little and get the take the whole lot. Take the whole lot. All the candy's mine. Uh, yeah, I do like Ron. Immediately friends with Harry, not because of his fame status, but just because he's a cool guy. He's exactly. Like, oh, you know, that's cool. Yeah, he just gets uh, along. Hermione's the same way. She doesn't really care about his celebrity status. She's like, oh, you're Harry Potter. That's cool. And she just goes about it every day like a normal kid. You know. It's interesting how some of the kids 
don't care at all and then like some of the other kids are like fascinated by it exactly yeah yeah so it's just like different personalities like, and obviously oh, he's just like me yeah and i think that's why they get along so instantly is because he he's probably getting a little overwhelmed by the fact that he's well known like, everyone knows him and these two just don't they're not there because he's a celebrity they just exactly make it as yeah they're just friends but she's very i like her immediately because she's like proactive she's very just very smart obviously and witty uh assertive vince like oh harry your glasses are broken you know and fixes them with magic yep. and here, harry's like oh, what? i don't understand and she's just very bookish and just if you're with hermione like things are taken care of you know like you For know sure. you know you're fine you know like if you're planning a vacation you'd want hermione to be the one planning your vacation <laughs> she got every little detail planned like every day every a, we're getting on this train and we're getting off at this time and we'll be here at this you know here's our itinerary for the day itinerary you know <laughs> laminated <laughs> it's very lucky you didn't get any like annoying kid actors oh my it, they could have like, really botched it horrible and it's not even just like the main cast it's like all of the cast yeah like as it goes on it's like they're all like capable actors like, yeah they're and all then, great and then they grow into becoming even more so it's like some of the best casting ever yeah, i love i love the trio like we, we they established the trio early on and it's like perfect like yeah. this, this is our trio boom awesome and that's his first interaction with like other kids really right like besides dudley <laughs> oh no i mean other kids like in the in the wizarding world like it's it really ron and hermione mm. Yes. Uh, so yeah, instantly. So yeah, we see them arrive at the train station. They meet up with Hagrid. Uh, Hagrid leads all the first years to the boats. So kind of implying that like the different grades at Hogwarts arrive by different means each year. That's really cool. Like kind of world building there. We get, of course, the iconic shot. Another iconic shot of seeing Hogwarts for the first time by the boats. So the yeah. awe-inspiring music and very awe-inspiring, very Halloween evocative. Like I talked about, and you're just like, ooh, ah, da, da, you know. And it, you know, it, it's cool because it's like they make magic and wizard and witches and things not something scary, but something that you're like fascinated by. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's not it's like a little scary, but it's kids, all, kids like to be scared. I think it is scary to, I guess, to an extent, but it's like kind of frightening, but it's also like fascinating, and you just like very just like you want to be a part of it and learn and it's like oh my god seeing hogwarts you're just like enchanted the kids sell it too they're like they all do like, awe and like oh my gosh we actually see they're that. probably staring at us just the green screen wall <laughs> <laughs> you know that's great no they do great they do great uh that's another that's a theory i have too what's that, that? i think kids deep down like kind of want to be scared a little bit not like free, not like a horror movie or anything but they wanted like a little like danger and scary stuff in their movies like a lot of kids movies have that you yeah know? like a little like scary factor as long as it ends happy the kids yeah are fun. yeah it's always to an extent for sure yeah i think kids like a little like little makes you feel grown up you know yeah the scary stuff so the kids arrive we see you know professor mcgonagall tell them about like the sorting ceremony uh you know oh there's four houses we got gryffindor ravenclaw hufflepuff and slytherin <laughs> so like just like disdainful to, towards the slytherin people uh, it, you know it has to feel kind of like it's weird how there's four classes and one is just made to feel like the worst. Yep. It's like it, instantly you're a bad guy if you're in this. You, exactly. It's like if what if you're actually kind of a good person and you just happen to be in the Slytherin because of some qualities you have and it's like, well, why am I being shamed for being Slytherin? Because <laughs> like, like this, the sorting it seems to be kind of like based on your personality. I know. Kind of like this Myers Briggs test. Yeah. And it kind of accounts for like your 11 year old self, but as well as what you will be in the future. Is that kind of how that works? Um. I'm not entirely sure. I always felt like it was just like your. I feel like the sorting hat was always just kind of like just who you're, who you are as a person at that time. I don't know okay. if it knows. I don't know if it knows like your future, like destiny or anything like that. But. Maybe not destiny, but like how you how you will puberty will affect um, you kind of. Thing. I don't know. I think it's more just based on like how they are then. And uh, I like the quote though with uh, Draco, and he's talking about like how some wizarding families are better than others, mm. and he's like. You don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. 
and then Harry's like, I think I can tell the wrong sort of for myself. Yeah. He's just straight up like, get out of my face. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And instantly got a cause, rivalry. Because Draco Malfoy is like, he's this kind of preppy kid, but he's also kind of like punky and just this total dick. Uh, the pretty perf- pretty the per- emo too. The perfect bully. The perfect like bully rival character for yeah. Harry. And he comes from this uh, family that's like you know prestigious or whatever. And he's, yeah. You and so he's talking. He's he has like the reason he brings up family is because he's like that's what he you know, has the idea, mentality of bloodlines and, and bloodlines and all that. And Harry could care less, you know. I do like Malfoy though, because he especially in this movie. I don't. I, I, we'll get into him in the future movies, but he you know he offers his hand in friendship to Harry, kind of being like you know let's. I'm the right crowd. You don't want to hang out with me. You don't want to hang out with those wrong wizards, you know? Uh, and then Harry obviously shuts him down. Because he is one of the wrong wizards. Yeah. In the first two movies, I think he's like this. And then the rest of the movies, he's not. But he's, like, very kind of, like, confident and kind of, like, cocky. And is very, like, serious. They treat him as kind of, like, a serious rival to Harry. Mm-hmm. Later on in the series, he kind of just kind of becomes, like, a joke and kind of a wimp, which I don't really like. I, th- I always felt, and, uh, you know, it's further movies, but I always felt like, they make you feel sorry for him because he, you start to see so much because like the movies initially just make him seem like he's a jerk. Yeah. And the movies later on start to show that, you know, he is a jerk, but there's a lot of reasons why he became that way. And you see the, his family, the way he's neglected. And like, they actually, I felt like the movies make you sympathize for him. And I think deep down, like he's a good guy, but he's just so misdirected because of his upbringing and like his family. And I think in a way it makes you, look at bullies differently because it's like bullies can be one dimensional, just assholes sometimes. And other times they're actually like that way because of something that really messed them up and made them that way. So I think in a way it can kind of make you sympathize. And I get it. I get what, I get what you're going for, especially for the, in terms of like a whole later on, especially uh, right and, now, that's not how you and, see and, him in terms of like a full arc for a character, you know? Yeah. But I think they could have done a better job of kind of making him more of a threat to Harry because like in these first two, he's kind of like basically right up there with like, as Harry's rival kind of thing, like as like his opposite. And you can still do like the bully redeemed kind of storyline, but still have him be kind of capable. I think in the later movies, he isn't really capable. He's just kind of played as a joke. Like they don't really treat him as a serious threat. And when he could have been, I suppose, I, you know, and I think obviously, yeah, still later on. So we won't talk too much about it, but it's like, you know, he's also like, he's still a kid, you know, like when, <laughs> when all this awful stuff and like adults are running things and it's like, the dark army and stuff. He's still a kid who's like trying to figure out where he is in this. And he's made to feel, he's like belittled, just made to feel lesser. And he's like deep down, he's just not truly that person. And I think that's why he becomes more of that weaker character. Cause yeah, maybe, maybe that was the intent. And I think, but, I feel like that is, and you know, he could have been a bigger threat. But I, feel I think like. it would have been cooler him to be like more of a rival, like actual threat to Harry. Yeah. And, um, I just don't know if the, that trajectory would have made him more like it would have made his eventual, the way his story goes more impactful or if it would have, I feel like the sympathizing of him over time kind of makes that story work good. Basically after this, they go and uh, get sorted. They head to the, the main hall and get the sorting hat on, start getting sorted into houses. Yeah. How and do you feel about it? About what the sorting process? Yeah. Like you sort these kids based on personality. Like you, are you kind of like limiting them from having friends with other houses? Interesting thing I always thought was like, what if like there's a lot of personalities? Is there like more of a certain personality than others? Like shouldn't like maybe the classes be like maybe like some of them are bigger than the others or like oh that's it's a like good point. how it seems like they're very even, but that means like that just means like the kids are somehow very even split personality wise, which I don't know if that's entirely true. Maybe <laughs> it is. Um, 
but I don't know. I guess I always, um, yeah, I guess you could say like it kind of limits them because what if they wanted to be with this person? But I guess they guess they could because I think all their classes are still intermingled. And they, can, I mean, they can go out like in between stuff and do things together. It's like not like they're forced, right? Like yeah, because they have classes with like other houses, like because Harry's in some of the same classes as right, yeah, Malfoy. So there's there's like mingling there for sure, like so. But I mean, like the living quarters and stuff is definitely like you're like those are the. But then at the same time, I guess the sorting hat kind of thinks that like these are the people that you're going to be the most connected with. So it's like maybe you wanted to be with these people, but then you start to realize that you're more you have a lot of similarities with this group of people. Um, Do you know what house you are? You have Gryffindor. I've I've placed mostly Gryffindor. I think one time it was like, I think one time it was Hufflepuff. But I answered some, you know, it depends on how you answer the questions, which can sometimes vary. So I've pretty much always, every time I've done it, except for once, I got Gryffindor. I always tell people I'm a divergent, meaning like I don't belong in any house. Mm, like, that ain't going to fly. Because I've, I've taken like multiple tests. I, I've gotten sorted into literally all four houses. That ain't, okay. Uh, well. So and the most common one I've gotten is Ravenclaw and then Gryffindor as a second. So mm. I guess if I get to pick, uh, I, get, I guess I pick Ravenclaw just because I've gotten it most. And then Slytherin, I've gotten third and the Hufflepuff I've gotten fourth most. Yeah, uh, but as a kid, I probably would have chosen Gryffindor because like that's where all the kids. Like, I think that's where all the people were like, "Oh yeah, Gryffindor's because, the best." You know? Yeah, because the movie is really focused on the Gryffindor. I mean, there's like, Gryffindor and Slytherin. Like, like Slytherin, the yeah, but like the heroes, the people that you're really uh, rooting for, are in Gryffindor, and there's these other two houses that are just chilling. You know, yeah, <laughs> so, doing their thing. I guess in hindsight. I want to be like, oh, I want to be different, you know. But like growing up, you're like, oh, I want to be Gryffindor. And know? I just thought a lion, you know, it was just cool. Griffin, you know I mean? right? Or Gryff- it- oh, sorry, yeah, Griffin, right there. Yeah. Uh, is it Gryffindor? Is it, is it a lion? It's apart? probably a lion. I, I'm probably saying Gryffindor, but it's not a Griffin. People are gonna get mad at me because I know at, Ravenclaw. Look at his amateurs. Ravenclaw is actually an eagle. It's not a raven. I'm like, why is your name Ravenclaw? <laughs> <laughs> God, we're a bunch of amateurs. It's like basically having Slytherin's logo be like a lizard and be like, no, it's Slytherin. Like. Why would you call them? Like, it's a they snake. don't have legs. <laughs> it's a totally different animal. But yeah, so the kids all get sorted. Of course, we have you know Draco gets sorted into. The, so the sorting hat like it has to be placed on your head, and like sorts you into the thing. But like it doesn't even touch Malfoy's head. It just sorts him immediately. Yeah, like, slither it. Like, it doesn't even touch him. Uh, Ron and Hermione both get sorted into Gryffindor, and then Harry's up. The the hat's like talking to him, and it's like, oh, you're difficult, Harry. I always uh, love that scene. Yeah, it's, it's a cool concept of the hat, like, sorting you. You know, but, like, what does the hat do the rest of the time? Like, during the year, does it just sit around and talk to the staff or faculty? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what's, what's its purpose what is, after that? Yeah, You're, like, an, a living thing, and then you just, like, have no purpose for the whole year. You, sit, <laughs> after, you just sit in a, in a closet somewhere. I know, it's a sad life. Uh, but I, I love that it, like, it's, like, very questioning. And he's going, like, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. And yeah. it's like, oh, Slytherin. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. The hat kind of seems like a little diabolical and kind of and kind of like dark sidey like come on harry come on down to slytherin why don't you, you know like oh you'll succeed you'll do uh, oh, there's another callback by the way the the scene the line that you said with uh uh with olivander mm-hmm. being like oh you'll do terrible but great things that kind of concept kind of keeps coming up in the movies mm. or in this movie i guess where he's like oh slytherin will help you on your way to greatness harry there's no doubt about that you know and trying to like have him join him everyone's telling that harry's gonna do great things and there's like always this like line is it gonna be terrible or is it gonna be honorable kind of thing yeah it's kind of cool concept to keep bringing up people keep mentioning it i do i really think that's a cool theme throughout the series but harry's just pleading you know not slytherin anything but slytherin you know so he's like better be gryffindor i I wonder how many other kids actually get like a a 
sorting hat that's like sitting there questioning for a long time. I feel like <laughs> that's who you think you would be that diverges. I, the hat would just explode and be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> malfunctioning. <laughs> Can't sort you. Uh, oh my god. So yeah, onto the feast. Dumbledore has the magical food appear on the table. It's like chicken, corn, potatoes, bread. It just looks amazing. Like, and you get a first look at like the faculty, like the oh, professors yes. and everyone. Yep. And they're like the kids are like kind of like trying to figure out figure them out even like, though they have any... like oh what does he teach you know yeah kind of uh, the kids you know we see him like ghosts flying around they're causing mischief with the kids uh, nearly headless Nick is one like nearly headless how can he be nearly headless you know the great yeah. line <laughs> like this you know? uh, and of course we get you know after dinner they get shown around Hogwarts a bit and we see like the talking picture frames and we get to the Gryffindor common room like, I've always always loved the stairwells that move oh yes the stairwells like, of course and not where the paintings are but that was i've always thought because i think a fair amount of that is like the, some practical effects but then obviously so much is cg too but like i always thought that was so cool they're moving around the pictures are talking it's to such you. a cool concept but like in practicality like if yeah you're, you're running late to class like fuck i can't get <laughs> like, like how are you supposed to get like what if it's not the only way to get like my class is I right know, there what if there is no my, other way the one thing i needed i have to jump goes the opposite way yeah. no, i need it i just need to get to class oh man but, uh, you know, they get to the Gryffindor common room. That's where Harry's going to stay. It's the dorms, basically. Yeah. And we get the awesome shot where Harry's – everyone else is sleeping, but Harry's awake, looking out the window with Hedwig. Oh, yeah, Hedwig, by the way. He got Hedwig yep. as a birthday present. Forgot to mention that. Yeah. Great moment. And Al, Hedwig, is one of the pets you can bring. Uh, but he's like – he has this great shot, like, oh, I, this is where I belong. This is home kind of thing, like looking around the Yeah, you can instantly tell he's feeling like he's finally found some belonging. Yeah. It's like, is this his spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we get the few scenes of everybody doing their classes, like Ron and Harry running late to class. Uh, McGonagall is like, she's like a cat or whatever, and they run late to class. They're like, oh, we got lost. Understandable. There's a giant castle there literally on their first day, but whatever. <laughs> I guess everybody else made it on time, so it's not an excuse. But, you know, Stape has like his potions class. Where he's calling, he calls Harry out for some reason. Like, he, he says something like, oh, some of you need to pay attention, you know, kind of thing. And he calls yeah. Harry out. And, Harry's taking notes on what Snape's saying. Mm-hmm. Like you see Harry like jotting stuff down. Like, Oh Harry, pay attention. Like he's jotting down like, Oh, I can, the potions can do this. This, this. like, he was literally taking notes. I know. So it's like, what the hell? Like Snape, I guess he, Snape has it out for him. You know, obviously yeah. you gotta understand, think about it too. Like Harry, like all these other kids have grown up in like, the or ma- at least known, have known and grown up like around. Yeah. A lot of them around like the magical world and Harry's like thrown into it instantly. So he's probably like process it all. It, it, you gotta understand how weird that is you, know? you understand though at this point like because harry's just trying to catch up and then seriously Sta- and so Snape much just has up. to torment him yeah and he's like dude what's your problem with me like i've done nothing to you i'm being nothing but respectful and you're yeah. just calling me out uh we get the scene of the kids that you know when the mail comes it's a cool concept the owls bring in everybody's mail like they carry yeah. like all the packages and things uh we see the gang is reading a newspaper about like uh foreshadowing that gringotts got broken into the bank uh someone tried to steal something from the vault that hagrid and harry visited like the the other day mm-hmm. and like uh, Hagrid and I went to that vault. Hmm. You know, and it's funny. I always love seeing the newspapers with like the moving images. And it's like, that's basically like us reading the news on a website now, you know, <laughs> like the videos playing. Yeah. Like the, the that's the, it's like a gift become reality. First gift. <laughs> <First gift. laughs> but yeah. So like someone tried to rob the bank, but they didn't take anything. Cause obviously there's nothing left in the vault. So it's like, Hmm, what, what does Hagrid have? You know, it comes into play later. Yeah. Uh, we get like the PE class basically with the broomsticks. Uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, and it got to do a flying lesson on the broom. Uh, and we see like kind of everyone who's kind of naturally gifted with magic. 
more so than like the training because like Harry just says up and immediately the uh, the broomstick kind of comes to his hand. Same as Malfoy. Yeah. So you're like, oh, some kids are like better at it than others, you know. And it makes you realize that like, oh, this rivalry is going to be a big thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I think one of the students, Neville, his broom starts acting haywire while he's on it. I'm like, Neville, what are you doing? No reason why it just does. Yeah. I guess. And like he just goes flying in the air, it's zigzagging around, and falls down and breaks his breaks his wrist. I'm like you're lucky you didn't break more than that. You, know, you fell from like the castle, like. Like I know. the roof, like you're lucky you didn't break my leg. Seriously, he, he probably would have been way more messed up in reality. <laughs> but this is a magical movie. Yeah, lucky Neville. Uh, the teacher like leaves the rest of the students totally unsupervised, totally unsupervised. Just like, oh, don't nobody fly now. I gotta take Neville away. And do you really expect kids to not get on to those not brooms? Get on those brooms? Yeah, Malfoy immediately gets on the broom and just kind of taunts Harry. He picks up the. Uh... Oh, Neville has like the remember all. Yeah, the remember all. He forgets. And I I forgot about it, so I would have my remember all would have been. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this ball if it glows if, yeah, you, if exactly. you forget something but like I forgot it uh, Malfoy takes off to the sky like, come on Harry come get it you know and Harry's like give it back you know uh, and then he throws it Harry does some maneuvering what do you think would have happened if Harry did nothing and just like screw you and then what is he going to do like, the whole trajectory would have changed uh, yeah. the whole different story <laughs> Harry would have became a jander Voldemort would never would have come back never yeah. became anything <laughs> <laughs> that's a great scene though them like the cg of like flying on the flying broomsticks. On broom, yeah. yeah uh so we get another thing of the teachers are very arbitrary here like the flying teacher said if i see you on this broom you will be thrown out of here you're expelled you know kind of thing if you're on this broom harry goes and catches the thing mcgonagall sees him and he's like harry you know so like different teachers have different sets of rules here about what's gonna happen very different uh, uh and she's immediately, immediately grabs him, like harry come with me and she takes him immediately to her, the Quidditch team, Oliver Wood, the captain, and is like, "Oh, I found you your seeker now." And like, isn't that great? He got, he got rewarded for like not open, listening to the teacher. And but like, but he kind of did the right thing in trying to. He did do the right thing. So I think he's getting rewarded, and but McGonagall doesn't quite know that. And you have to think about like McGonagall also has a little like bias towards Harry because she was there the night he was left and everything. Mm-hmm. If one professor's like, "I'm going to expel you," McGonagall's like, "What's mm, not so much?" Yeah. <laughs> But what does she have to gain, though, from Harry being the seeker? Because, like, later on in the movie, we talked about the mail scene, but Harry gets a broomstick, the Nimbus 2000, in the mail. Hmm. And it's it's heavily implied that McGonagall's the one who gave it to him because she, like, kind of smiles at him. Like, you're gifting your star player, like, on the team, the fastest <laughs> broomstick in the world, like, the fastest one yet, just giving it to him, like – is every is this like the the meta game of Quidditch? Like is every like uh, house like playing this meta game of like giving their students like the better equipment kind of thing? And I, you ever, it's kind of like steroids, is d- it not? Do you ever, well, um, that's a little. That's more like he's getting, he's getting better equipment. It's like a baseball player. Oh, here's an aluminum bat. Yeah, it'd be weird if like your science teacher gives you like super good equipment for your sport. But she has something to gain because she's head of the Gryffindor house. I, yeah, I suppose you know that because you want your team to be the most successful is that so. is this a little on the on the border of like kind of being cheating uh, is it cheating if you're recruiting mm, that's is good. recruiting well, cheating? so recruiting's not cheating well because right? isn't she isn't she recruiting harry for the gryffindor team because yes that, that that's true but gifting him the fastest broom in the world giving him an unfair edge over everybody else who has normal ass brooms I think you could definitely argue there that maybe she's, but then nobody else, no one else knows other than Harry that that's the case. That it was gifted to him. Right. So if that's just their little secret, then it's but like. if that equipment exists, isn't that like, hey, we all got to be on the same playing field here? <laughs> I know. I guess you, you can make a fair point there. 
Yeah. It's just it's, it's interesting. Like, what, do you like have, using... what, what do you have to gain, McGonagall? Like, what do you do? You have like money on the like, game. If there's a certain like... baseball bat that's better than others, you know, it's like I don't know. I don't yeah, know well, like so, like it's like baseball. Everybody has wooden bats, and you give one player the aluminum bat. Like, hey, go make some home runs, yeah. champ. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, we'll or let you, it slide. Or, or you ha- or you're Tom Brady, you deflate the balls. Over there, you know? like... <laughs> oh, don't bring up Deflate Gate. Get a Pat Nation out here. Yeah, we get uh, the cool shot. We find out that Harry's the youngest Gryffindor seeker. Yeah. And we also see that Harry's dad was a seeker. And it's a kind of cool moment for Harry to be like, oh, like, my dad. And this know? really ties into your like point of them doing putting kids in very dangerous situations. Because Quidditch is a oh, highly it's, deadly it's, game. It's dangerous. They're in the air. So much can happen. You can literally fall and just like you're gone. You know what I mean? It's like. They, they mention it too. Like, oh, uh, Hey, uh, how was your first game? He's like, uh, I don't really remember. Uh, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> He's like, I woke up in the hospital weeks later. I, I got knocked out right away. That's right. So Quidditch, if you don't know, I mean, I guess you're in this podcast. You're gonna know. If you're listening at this point, you're, this point. you're well versed. But, uh, in all this. It's basically kind of like hockey and soccer. It's like this high intense, you know, game. Yeah, that's a good. And there's like multiple hoops, and you have like there's multiple things you have to worry about, kind of hitting you, like these bludgers and stuff, and you have to try to score points before the other team. There's the seeker. There's the keeper. Uh, the the uh, bludgers, bludgers, yes. yeah, and then you have the uh, chasers that the, yeah. have the ball. Yeah, uh, I'd probably be like a chaser or something. I don't know. I don't want to get like super active in hitting people. I'd rather like try to go after. We get the scene of Woods obviously teaching Harry about the game and like yeah. all you got to worry about is this new thing, the new thing with the game, the golden snitch. You catch this spotter, we get 150 points, we win the game, kind of thing. And I guess that's kind of cool way of. Did you ever play the Quidditch uh, PS2 game? I did not know. That was the only Harry Potter game I had, but I, I played a lot of it. Go Team Australia. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, it's it's really easy. Like The game is like really easy to, to beat. You just tackle the other players and just score points. Easy. But there's a way you can kind of jinx the game. So like even if they do catch the snitch, uh, you still win. Because like if you have, let's say you have 160 points and they have zero, mm-hmm. and then the other guy catches the snitch, it ends the game. But they only get 150, and you're still at 160. Wow. You still lose. Okay. So... I get, there's a cool meta game you can kind of play. You got to get in the right range of points in order, yeah. like if you catch the point, then now we win, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You have enough space in between what the point would be if they get it exactly to what you're at. Yeah, exactly. a little safety net for sure. Uh, of course, we get those scenes together. Harry's like, "All right, we're ready for the game." Uh, before the game starts, though, they do have a run in with uh, uh, Filch, Filch and Filch's cat. Uh, That's right. They have like they're like taking the stairs up, but the staircase moves, so they end up on the forbidden floor. Nice, yep. nice design work there, Hogwarts. Well, way to go. Then these kids are trapped. <laughs> Just on the floor. placing these young children in very dangerous. They're situations. like, oh shoot, this is the wrong floor. We got to go. And then Filch's cat sees them and they're like. Fuck, we're gonna get in trouble just for being on here, and we we didn't even want to be, so they just run, they just take off, uh, <laughs> and they end up at like a door, and they go behind the door and lock it yep. so they don't get seen. Little do they know. But behind this locked door is this giant three-headed Cerberus dog <laughs> that is just sleeping, and it wakes up and almost immediately just bites them and kills them. Fluffy. <laughs> they get out of the nick of time, just barely, but like. I was like, always so grossed out by the slobber that oh, would yeah, fall. Oh yeah, the slobber like, falls. Oh everybody. god. Yeah. The, I like the dog. I like. I like. Oh, the it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's like the biggest uh, <laughs> CG effect in the movie at that point too. Mm. I think the fluffy because this is a huge, massive three-headed dog. That that does not exist in real life. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's just again like you just go around this whole campus and there's just doors that lead into very dangerous, <laughs> highly. Uh, yeah, kids should not be in these uh, areas. We do get the. Uh, the, the kids are trying to figure out why the dog's there and they're like didn't you see that he was standing on a trap door it's guarding something hmm yeah the plot thickens as they it say does. 
I think they have some more classes before we get to the Quidditch game. Yeah, and there's also the the part where um, Ron insults Hermione uh, during like the charms. Lesson. Oh yeah, that's after because uh, they like it's Wingardium Leviosa, not Leviosa or whatever. Uh, right. Oh, is that so? That after the game, because he he insults her after that because she's like she's like oh, able to do right. it. And he's that's not. Right. Yeah. Uh, the swish and flick. This is like the only spell I remember of like all Harry Potter just from swish this scene. And- like, yeah. Leviosa. It's because she pronounced it. That's why. <laughs> it's Leviosa. Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, it's just cool. You make objects fly, basically. It's one of the only scenes you see him actually learning spells in the whole franchise. I, I think. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I think they just kind of know spells after that point. The, you did mention that Ron like insults Hermione. He says something like, "She's a nightmare to work with," you know, and she hears him. That's the reason she. So we get to the first major holiday, Halloween, but yeah. Hermione's not there because she's crying in the bathroom because Ron insulted her the day before or something. Mm. So Harry Potter, we get the fitting like the jack o' lanterns floating in the sky. Yeah, I love thing. that. I love that. I do love the uh, the theme, the Halloween theme of Harry Potter. Oh yeah, that is a good musical Whoa, piece. Do- yeah, I think that's one of my favorite Harry Potter themes for it yeah. for sure. Again, John Williams just yeah. And then I love the scene that comes right after when Quirrell busts through the door. <laughs> yep, Quirrell busts Troll! right through <laughs> in the dungeon. <laughs> Screaming and just falls faints face first on the floor. Everyone freaks out. Everyone... Thought you ought to know. <laughs> I always love that moment. Thought it's so know. dramatic. So over. Yeah, I love. I don't. Uh, we'll get to Quirrell when we get to the end. Yeah, like, he's a. Yeah, again, uh, I kind of feel similar. I think. Dumbledore was able to calm everybody down. Being like, silence, everybody. Let's be calm. Don't panic. You know. So he basically has all all the kids are going back to their dorms. Teachers, let's go to the dungeon. Let's figure this out. Uh. Harry and Ron don't go back to the dorm because they're like, we got to find Hermione. She doesn't know that there's a troll loose. So they head to the girl's bathroom, but the troll's already in the girl's bathroom. With Hermione. <laughs> With Hermione. Hermione like walks out and literally just starts smashing things. I yeah. always thought the troll looked really cool. I Okay, here's one where I, I, he did look really cool. And then I feel like when I rewatched it recently, this that CG was kind of the more Ooh. rough it's parts rough. of the film. Especially at the point when Harry and Ron get there to try to save Hermione. Like the, all the stalls have been destroyed, so they're like grabbing like parts of wooden stall and throwing it and rubble and stuff at the yeah. troll. You have magic. <laughs> You're at a magic school. You don't. Why are you using rocks that you have on the? You have wands. And you think about it, they've been at the school for a while now. It's right? Halloween, so they've right? been so there at they, least since like learned, August. They've right? learned stuff. They know Wingardium Leviosa because they use it later. <laughs> even Harry, but even Harry, like he just runs and jumps on the troll's back and sticks the wand up his nose. Oh, and that's where the because harry looks like this gooey cgi yeah, when he starts flipping around ps2 graphics like it looks horrible it looks like, like a very really, old game engine but yeah <laughs> and but at the time like if you think about 2001 i was like oh wow look at those effects yeah you know what i mean the movie's a product every movie is a product of its time you know so it's gonna look that way i would i would i would agree with you however we have fellowship of the ring that comes out okay and that still holds up to this day because it's different it's a different production company with different whatever yeah. quality of more money production or whatever so and more, yeah exactly so it's just kind of it's gonna vary just saying, it doesn't hold up now no but, uh, he, that's the worst cg of course eventually ron figures out that oh yeah magic exists we're at a magic school maybe we should do magic to help us uh they do the swish and flick and gaudium leviosa and yeah get the uh the club knock out the troll yeah great moment uh, the teachers come in and they're like, uh, what the fuck? What's the explanation here? You know, Harry and Ron get awarded five points each and Hermione gets five points, you know, taken away, uh, because she takes the blame for it. Like, oh, I let the troll in, you know? Uh, hey, you still, you still had a plus there. You got a gain of points, right? Yeah. You, you got yeah. a net gain of five. Yeah. Net gain. Uh, let, let me go over this. What's this point system real quick? Cause it's, this, oh, it's the worst. This never comes back, right? 
this Hogwarts Cup point system. Like this only is. It's in, not in. It's not in. Uh, yeah, it's not in Chamber of Secrets, is it? I don't remember. I mm. have to rewatch it, but I, it's like this inner school competition, and then it's only around for one, maybe Chamber of Secrets, but it's definitely not after that, you know. But yeah, it's this it point could, system to it reward could be, kids. It could be because it. Um, I wonder if it's only something that the first years. They announce it at the end, like, oh, you win the House Cup, and everyone you know, cheers and yeah, stuff. Um, Which we'll get to at the end, how egregious it is. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's weird because it's like, I don't know. That's a strange thing. Maybe it's like something that, like, I don't know. Maybe it, uh, that's a weird thing. Yeah, maybe it's because as a story element, maybe it loses its novelty if you just keep doing it over and over. <laughs> we and, win every year. And every movie. <laughs> and it's like at the end, it's like them winning again and again. I don't know. Maybe that's why they just kind of did it one time and like, okay, you know it exists. Let's not just hash it again, you know. Yeah. It might be one of those things. That's what I think. Uh, so uh, we'll get into the point system, but the next day, it's the big day. What day is that? It's the first Quidditch match. It's Harry's first Quidditch match. Everyone comes out for that. Everyone's out for that. We get some clues, though, uh, what's kind of going on behind the scenes of Hogwarts, like some stuff we have figured out. Because, like, the previous night, Harry saw that Snape had, like, a cut on his leg and was bleeding. That's right. And now he's limping on the same leg the next day. And they kind of deduce that Snape maybe had something to do with letting the troll in, maybe a distraction to get everybody in the school, like, away from Fluffy so he can... The three-headed dog, they don't know his name yet. So Snape tried to let the troll in to go see what was going on and he got bit and he wasn't able to get down there so like hmm good theory all right all right kids yeah, okay. we'll keep we'll keep digging that's what we know uh yeah and then we get the obviously he gets the nimbus 2000 in the mail awesome name but a little uh sketchy on the the cheating in it. look if you're minerva you're gonna want <laughs> the best talent on your team <laughs> With the best gear. The boy who lived on the Nimbus 2000? I mean, come on now. <laughs> you can't beat it. That's, yeah, uh, that's in the papers right there. Yeah, then we get, it's Quidditch match time. It's Slytherin versus Gryffindor, the rivalry. It's like the Dodgers and Giants, you know what I mean? The Yankees versus the Red Sox. Yeah, this is, this is the big one. Uh, and we get the uh, the announcer, played by, do you know? Um, I don't recall. It's Magnitude from Community. Pop, pop. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I would not know that. <laughs> he shows up, and no one's going to understand that reference, but he shows he's in this movie as a little kid, like, oh, another 10 points from Gryffindor, That's you know, funny. as the announcer for the thing. Uh, the game is, you know, gets underway. Gryffindor gets a quick lead, you know, 10 points, 20 points. Uh, Slytherin responds with this by grabbing one of their, like, the bludger things, hitting, hitting the keeper <laughs> with it, knocking him off his broom all the way to the ground. There's no foul. There's no like, there's no like, no nothing. There's no like, hey, let's pause the game. Maybe we have a student down. No, no, the game's on. That's, and now we're without a goalie. That's uncalled for. It's really uncalled for. Without a goalie, and that's negligence. So How do you? Is there, are there referees in Quidditch? It's just the people watching, right? There's no one like. I guess someone's a referee. Say, hey, he won. They won. Game over. No, but, but like you know, like in basketball, there's a referee that's literally running with you down the court, like with the whistle or whatever. You know what I mean? And then if Quidditch, it's just like they're just free roaming. Yeah, there's, just, there's no rules. They got the whole. Yeah, that's that's a that's a little negative. It gets right a there. little even crazier because Slytherin starts to score some easy points, and then they they're playing dirty because like they force one of the Gryffindor players. Yeah, that's right. And like in the middle of them, and they like just throw her into the stands and crushing her, and she falls, and she has to stands like. What the fuck? And the only reason I know her name, Katie Bell, is because of the stupid Quidditch game. He's like, oh, Katie Bell has the quaffle. And like, uh-huh. like, <laughs> that's the only reason I know who it is. That's funny. But uh makes matters worse, though, is that Harry's broom starts to go haywire. Just like Neville's broom earlier. Harry's like flying around. He's only saved by Hermione going to cast a fire spell on Snape because they think that Snape's casting the spell because he's not blinking. Because you know? he's over there, like, wording, you know, mouthing, mouthing something. something. Yeah. So they go and distract Snape. 
Harry's able to recover on the the broom, chase after the the yep. snitch. Yeah, he does the iconic shot of like standing on the broom. That's right. Yeah, he does like, and then ended he... up reaching out and then diving for it and then catches it in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he won. 150 points. Gryffindor wins. Boom! Yeah, Gryffindor. Slytherin, dirty get... bastards playing rough. Playing dirty didn't get you to the win. Yeah. They had a great chant like "Hi, hi, Gryffindor," or whatever, like something. That's like that. That's right. Hi, yeah. hi, yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that's that one. catchy. Uh, after the game, you know, they go meet up with Hagrid and kind of tell him what they uh, what they know, like what secrets they have. Uh, and we just we get that part where you mentioned where Hagrid's just horrible at keeping secrets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a few more clues. He's like, "Oh, I told him his name was his name's Fluffy. Of course, you've seen the dog. You know." He's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have told you that." You know. Uh, and but then, he also does it again when he tells about like playing music to put it to sleep. Yep, yep. That comes like, in. I should, have told you. I should have told you that. Uh, and then he, we also find out that whatever the dog is hiding is strictly between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. He's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you that. I should not have said that. You know. As much as you love Hagrid, you shouldn't tell him a secret. Don't tell him anything. Because no, that dude, can't trust him with anything. It's not even because he means to. It just slips out. Yeah, he just, you know what I mean? he's just a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Nicholas Fumel. Who's this Nicholas Fumel? The plot thickens. We got another clue. Yeah. Uh, I think these Harry Potter movies work best when they're kind of like a mystery. You're trying to figure things out. I agree. Uh, so, you know, the school year continues on. We got Christmas, uh, the decoration of the setting, dynamic, everything changing in Hogwarts throughout the seasons. I like it, you know. Uh we see that Ron and Harry are staying behind in Christmas and Hermione's leaving, but it's a perfect opportunity for them to go into the restricted section of the library. Makes yeah. sense. The teachers and students are gone. They're able to sneak in there while it's Christmas time. Good idea. But, uh, you know, Harry gets his first Christmas present. Yay, Harry. Mm-hmm. You get but not just any cloak. It's a cloak of invisibility. One of the greatest movie uh, pieces of, I don't know. It's so objects. cool. It's amazing. And we don't know who gave it to him. We're assuming Dumbledore. Or is that sh- talked about later? It, it's re- it's talked about later. Okay. Ron says, like, oh, they're really rare. And it's like, oh, this is your father's. Now here you go, kind of thing. Uh, so immediately, Harry's off to the restriction section with the invisibility cloak. Perfect. Perfect perfect way to get in there. Uh, Seriously. The restricted section of the library is just the door that divides the library. Like, why even have the restricted section accessible like that? Like, it's not even locked up? You don't yeah. even have to have a spell to, like, oh, Wingardium. That's right, he just went in there, huh? Wingardium and Lockio or whatever. He just opens it and gets in there. Yeah, how do they stop kids? There's no one guarding it, you know what I mean? Is it, is it restricted just for the first years, or is it restricted for all students? Because why even uh, have it accessible? That's something I don't know. I'm sure there's some explanation out there. I don't know either. But I always just thought, yeah, I always thought it was it's way too easy to get in. You know, he's hidden, obviously, but it's like, anyone could just walk in, but, like... <laughs> as he does. As he does. <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of magic that, like, would detect if someone was visible coming through and it would, like, do something to, like, I don't know, alert the st- faculty or whatever. But You know, he, you know things but, called alarms exist. If the door opens, the alarm it, goes off. But you could not, still have technology magical. at a magic school. <laughs> it's not, is that frowned upon, apparently? Can you imagine being, like, you're a normal kid. You're a muggle. You have, you have video games. You have everything at, at your home during the summer. And then you have to go to using quill. You use like, <laughs> <laughs> like quill and ink to write things down. you got to be walking back and forth. You can't access the internet to look stuff up. Uh, what is Hogwarts like now? Like People want to like go on Instagram and have their smartphones. And you're like, get out your parchment and your quill. Like, we, we can type this. Like, I need to type. Uh, you got to write an essay. you got to like quill Get hand cramps and everything. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, so Harry in the, quickly doesn't really find anything. He gets caught by Filch, kind of. But he's yes, able to escape kinda. with the uh, invisibility cloak. Uh, eventually, he finds winds his way up in a room with the mirror in it. Yes. Not just any mirror. It shows the person what they desire most in life kind of thing. Yep. Such a cool idea. Like, all the little nooks and crannies of Hogwarts have, like, different 
magical things here and there. Yeah. Like, and nobody goes in. That's just, the mysteriousness just, of it. It's just like, like what's around, around the next corner. It's yeah. like something amazing. It's cool. Uh, the Dumbledore kind of, we get like the, basically the first scene between Dumbledore and Harry of just them together, you know? Uh, That's right. It kind of imparts some wisdom like, oh, people go mad wasting away at the door. Uh, and we get that awesome line like, does not do to dwell in dreams and forget to live. Like, oh, it's, it's cool. It's so it's like one of those like in Harry Potter there's a lot of those quotes that are so simple and it's like a lot of like messages and themes that it's like we all know but it's easy to forget. Yes. So it's like just putting it so succinctly it's like oh man it just really hits you. Because we didn't mention it, Harry sees his parents in the mirror. He sees his parents. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, is this the future? What is this, you know?" cuz Ron sees something else like himself as head boy or whatever. Like that's that's oh, your it, dream. Ron, it was him like the head of the Quidditch team or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's that's all you <laughs> <laughs> dream big ron dream big ron uh but yeah it's a cool it's a cool thing like harry don't go looking for it you know it's gonna be moved i know yeah. you want to see your parents but like they're gone mm. but let dead be dead kind of thing which comes back to play later like you can't you can't bring them back you know right uh and then after the holiday break hermione suddenly remembers about nicholas Femel. She, she throws down this giant book and she's like oh nicholas Femel's in this book thanks hermione I'm glad you remember that now uh, we find out he's like this alchemist who was the last known holder of something called the Sorcerer's Stone. And what is the Sorcerer's Stone, you ask? Well, it's a stone that kind of he—I guess he created. Because they say he, like he created it and it transforms uh, metal into gold uh, and also makes you immortal. That's got to be what Fluffy's garden. It's got to be the Sorcerer's Stone. That, got to be. That's got to be what's down there. Uh, and Harry, Harry's like so—he's uh, like suspects uh, Snape. Of being involved with everything, you know, yeah, he's he's like, he wants the he wants the stone. Yeah, he's piecing together. He's got like the big board with all the dots connecting. <laughs> he's like, it's Snape, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> uh, so they rush off to Hagrid's hut. Hagrid's hut is interesting throughout these movies because it kind of like moves. Because like in this one, it's like nearby huh. campus. It's enough to like you just can walk there. Like you know what I mean? It's like it's literally accessible. Like Harry can just walk right up to it. Yeah, you see it later on. And it's like this cozy little cottage right next to the, the dark forest, you know. Uh, and then later on, later on, it like moves like miles and miles. You away. have to like walk down because like later on, like with Azkaban, it's like this long walk down. There's yeah. like a tree line by it. It's super far away. I think they probably do it just. I think the reason they probably changed that is because it's like for the shot or for the scene, they wanted it to be a certain way, and they're just like, this is how it's going to be. Or is it magical and it moves? It, that would be more interesting. Which that would, would be, be weird. Much. I don't think Hagrid would like. I literally got to walk up That's this like, giant hill to get to work. I kind of like it being more close to the, to the school because he seems more accessible to the kids. Yeah. Even though he's still kind of off. That's the, something like, I guess I don't even. I didn't realize until right now like that it moves. That it, that's yeah. weird. Uh, it always reminds me. Do you remember like the early Harry Potter Lego sets? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, that's a big part of Harry Potter's well, the multimedia aspect of it. I didn't really have them, but like the Hagrid's hut is like a triangle, and you kind of like open it up like this, you know, and kind of yeah. like make it a line. But I was like evocative, like these early movies that make me think of those early sets. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, it definitely. I mean, Harry Legos were huge for a long, and then they became games and everything. So yeah, yeah. it's very a nostalgic. lot of influence. Very there. nostalgic, for sure. Uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are like Hagrid. We know about the Sorcerer's Stone. And he's like, oh, you know, like he's like, oh, it jigs up. And, like Snape's gonna try to steal it. And he's like. Snape, Snape's trying to protect the stone. What are you guys talking about, you know? And the kid's like, no, 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 this doesn't make any sense. But before they can really, you know, explain, Hagrid has something brewing in a pot. And it's a it's a dragon egg. What? It's about to hatch. It's an orbit. <laughs> CGI dragon. That's so great. Dragons have come a long way since Harry Potter 1. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we have Game of Thrones now. But 
you know, Norbit walks so those Game of Thrones dragons could run. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the best way I've ever could have put it. <laughs> I like Norbit. He's yeah. like a little pet dragon. He's great. Uh, but we don't get much time with Norbit because they get caught by someone spying on them through the window. Little snitch Malfoy. Yep. So they go and he just tells them. So they get all the, all the kids get 50 points taken away from them each. What the fuck? 150 points taken away? That's huge. That's severe. Uh, I guess, but not actually 200 points because all four of them get detention. <laughs> Sucker. You get detention. Again, well, point system, very unfair. Very unfair. And biased and very just un- broken. Yeah, it was like, oh, so you don't do it again. You have detention. <laughs> and detention, so Ron, Hermione, and Harry, and then Malfoy. I'll have detention now because Malfoy shouldn't have been out after hours. You That's know? so funny. He's like, he, he's like going to them saying like, look what I did. It's like, but you also did the same thing yeah, they so did. Now you, got, you get the same punishment. But detention... They're out after hours, right? That's yeah. the reason they get detention. That's the only reason. Their punishment is to continue to be out after hours. With Hagrid. <laughs> with Hagrid. I guess this is Hagrid's punishment too because like, he was letting them talk to him, I guess. I thought – wasn't he doing something that he, would, he was already doing? Hagrid has a mission in the forest. So they have to accompany him in the dark forest, which is forbidden for kids to go into. Yeah. So it's not really a punishment for him though because he was going to do it anyways. Now the kids just have to tag along with him. But the punishment for him was Norbit got taken away. Oh, that's right, Norbit. Sorry, yeah. So Norbit got taken away. So his, that sucks. His dragon's yeah. gone, and he has to have these watch these kids in the dark forest, which is illegal for the kids to be in in the first place, where possible death awaits them. All these dangerous creatures and things, and the uh, Filch is like walking them out. He's like, "Oh, I miss the old days of detention when we just hung the kids up by their thumbs in the dungeon. I miss the screaming." You're like, <laughs> "Savages, <laughs> dude." Uh, there's, a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of progressive movements that need to be made within the Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Very arbitrary. <laughs> Hierarchy. <laughs> punishments. Uh, you're up after hours. Your punishments to still be up after hours into the dark forest. Brutal. It's brutal. So their mission is to figure out what beast or whatever is murdering unicorns. You're sending these kids out to figure out what is murdering unicorns and what is drinking the blood of the unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> With ha- you're, you're trusting this to Hagrid who has a crossbow and yeah. four students to take care of this issue. You don't think this is kind of like a serious issue that you have unicorns being, being slaughtered. I, I feel like you'd hire some kind of like professional task force to come in like magical, like right? investigators or something or any, or, or an army of teachers to go like, we got to scope this. But place no, let's out. send in the kids on detention. Yeah, let's go <laughs> one. Their first years, by the way, not first even years. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and not only that, Hagrid has them split up. <laughs> Hagrid has Ron and oh, Hermione no. with him, and then Harry and Malfoy go together. We yeah. got two 11 year old kids by themselves alone in the forest walking along. It's a terrible idea. Horrible idea. How do you think this is going to go? If, if I was a parent and I realized my kids were doing this, <laughs> I would, I, oh man, I would bring down fury and fire upon Hogwarts. <laughs> I have a strongly worded letter uh, and a lawsuit uh, coming your Seriously, way, Hogwarts. Dude. But yeah, we figure out. Of course, we're gonna see what's what's killing uh, these unicorns. Is this dark, mysterious, hooded, cloaked figure that kind of like slithers along the ground a little bit, like floating around? We see it like literally sucking the blood of a dead unicorn. Yep. Harry and Malfoy are all alone witnessing this. Malfoy runs, understandably so. Harry just stares. <laughs> I, dude, I it's, frozen in fear. It's like the polar opposites of how kids would react. Someone would, one would freak out, one's like just like frozen, frozen, frozen in fear. Yeah. And Harry, totally defenseless, just falls over. It's just all over. The thing slithers up to him. It has this awesome, cool music. Like, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. It's very frightening. Kind uh, of scary thankfully, music. thank God, Ferenz, the centaur, comes in and saves him. The half half man, half horse, just runs and scares the guy off. 
And now Friends, the centaur, seems to know a lot about the stuff going on in Hogwarts. I don't know if you got this, but he's like, he's warning Harry that, oh, the force isn't safe. You must leave. Also, the dark figure, he's Voldemort. Also, there's a thing in the school. You know what that is, right? It's hidden in there. This is Sorcerer's do you think Stone. He, do you think he knows because of Hagrid? Like, do you think in co- being in contact with Hagrid? Because he knows Hagrid. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to like want to talk to anybody. He just sees Harry Potter, like, oh, Harry Potter, blah, 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 blah. Just telling but if Harry he's Potter familiar with Hagrid, I feel like maybe just like somehow that he knows this stuff like that because of Hagrid, maybe. maybe. I don't know. That's my only logical, because how else would he know? <laughs> how, how else would he know? He just knows all this stuff. He's not he's reading like, the paper or anything. He's like, oh, the, the stone is could bring Voldemort back to life, kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, oh, shoot. Also, in these early movies, I think they had different vision of what Voldemort was in terms of what he becomes later on. I get, yeah, suppose so. And I don't remember. It might like, just be a director thing. I don't yeah. remember at what point, like the book, like what books were already done by which point. Like, so at this point, w- there's four books out. So Goblet of Fire is the most recent book at this yeah. point. And then uh, the fifth one comes out right after the third movie, third or fourth movie. The fifth one came out because I remember the fifth being a big deal. Like 2003 is when the fifth one came out, and I remember yeah. that being like a big deal. Like the lines at borders. It was a big deal. Yeah, there's. And Huge then, also, crowds then also the sixth one came out. I remember that being, and the seventh one, obviously. You know, but uh, so yeah, they make it back safe. Thank God, Hagrid shows up <laughs> to take him back. Dude, uh, if, what if he didn't? Then it just would have been like a shit show. It, the, the movies would have ended a lot quicker. It would have just we ended the podcast right now. <laughs> dude, so much dumb luck involved with the timing of things. Absolutely, but yeah. yeah so the kids deduce that Snape probably wants to steal the stone in order to revive Voldemort, so he can cover full strength and kill again meaning probably go and kill harry again yeah and at this point we get a lot more exposition before we get to like this final act of the mm. movie uh it's like basically harry's like oh hagrid always wanted a dragon and then someone gave it to him oh we got what, what is up with that and then we get the line that hagrid going like oh fluffy goes right to sleep I, I told the guy like oh you gotta you gotta call a beast by uh putting him to sleep you know like fluffy fluffy's my dog fluffy goes put to sleep whenever you play music and just like just <laughs> telling this random stranger and I, I it's one of those things too where it's like is hagrid a little slow at times or he's a little like he doesn't have like the thought process that he realized like afterwards like oh i should have said that is he like i should have told you that. is he just like yeah is he just like forgetful or is he just doesn't think about it i don't know i think he just sees them as friends and he's like oh yeah of course. he, he gets a little yeah he gets a little too trusting sometimes and he just uh, yeah starts just saying everything. so basically we set up the finale like oh shoot tonight's the night we gotta go you know kind of thing yeah go and try to warm dumbledore that uh like Voldemort's back someone's trying to steal a stone kind of thing but Dumbledore's gone uh, and then Snape is like walking by and he says something kind of like oh don't get into trouble people think you're up to something you know kind of thing it's very very suspicious Snape yeah. uh, so the kid's like we gotta go down that trap door we gotta go tonight we gotta stop this thing from happening because no one's gonna listen to us the thing we talk about on the show a lot we're kids we're awesome you know <laughs> what I mean uh, we, gotta, we gotta take matters in our own hands adults aren't gonna listen uh they're going. They're sneaking out of their dorm, the the living quarters, to go back to where Fluffy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see Neville try to stop him, and Neville. And yep. He's like, "Come on, guys, you're making us lose points. You're literally lost of 150 points." I can kind of see where Neville's coming from here, but Hermione just completely freezes him in place, and he falls down like a board on the ground. It's kind of harsh, Hermione. I hope he's okay, but we don't got time for that now. We gotta go stop. I mean, she's I, she's probably just in a mindset of like, "Yeah, we don't got time for this. I don't want to hurt hurt you, but I need you to just get out of our way." As a board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we had the gang sneak in with the invisibility cloak. Awesome, coming in handy. Uh, yeah. Fluffy's already been put to sleep, which is a sign that something someone's already been here. Yes. You know? So yeah, it's like, yeah. So they say someone's someone's been here. Okay, we gotta hurry. They open up the trap door, but 
the music stops so Fluffy like awakes and like that's where we get the drool on him. He's like, oh, oh no. god, the drool. So before they can get eaten, they jump down the trapdoor because it destroys the trapdoor yeah. and he almost eats him. Uh, they land on this like. Devil, uh, I think it's the devil snatch. De- devil, <laughs> devil snatch. Devil snare. Snare. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that's worse. That's a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of creepy. It like kind of slithers around them and kind of like chokes them and tightens around them. It's very claustrophobic and like ugh. But you know, Hermione knows her stuff and just like, oh, just relax. We we'll get right out of this. So she relaxes. Harry follows suit. They slide out of the, the devil's snare. But Ron just loses it. Yeah. Thankfully, Hermione pays attention to Herbology, and she casts like that sunlight spell. The sunlight and, it makes like, it freak it, out. Devil snare is it's very fun, but let it, it soaks in the sun or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. Like a something. Rhyme. Uh, so onto the next trial. They have the uh, keys with wings flying around. That's right. With like a broom in the middle of the room, mm. and then one locked door. So they have to find the right key to lock the door. Harry sees it. All right, Quidditch. It's super. Dude's gets on thing and the keys just attack him immediately as he has to fly around i like that they made all of the trials basically something that they were like good with attuned to so it's like hermione with yeah devil's snare yeah she pays attention and to then class. and then yeah um harry with his talent flying athletics his athletics and then uh, yeah we'll get to the next with Ron. and then and then obviously he finds my key they slide through uh, and then the final trial is the, there's a bunch of broken statues looks like a graveyard but wait this is no graveyard Dun, 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 dun. it's a chessboard he's like oh man one of my fa- this is one of my favorite shot scenes in the whole series is like so this cool. game the destruction once the game begins and ron is like i know what to do and it's just like yeah him like giving commands of like where to move chess in any movie is always cool to me but yeah but this is like the coolest by <laughs> the far. coolest chess match ever because it's like it's so it's like a montage of him like playing the game yeah and he's like ah doing this at a move what is what is it about chess that's so cool I, th- I don't know what I think it's the fact that you can make so many different movements and there's so much variability to it. I don't know. It's like it's so simple looking, but it's so complex. It's a very simple game, but it's a very complex game at the same time. Right. It's very much a matter of skill. It's very, a game yeah, of skill. Absolutely. But uh, they have to play through the room in order to get to the f- to the final showdown kind of thing. You got to win right. the match, but you have to play as some of the pieces. So Ron, I'll be the knight, you know, and Harry's a bishop. Uh, Hermione's a castle. Uh, and I guess it's a callback earlier because uh, Ron and Harry were playing Wizard's Chess. That's right. Together. Yeah. Uh, and basically, Wizard's Chess is just like regular chess, except when you take another player's piece, the piece literally destroys the other piece. <laughs> so that's got to be an awesome racket if you were a Wizard's Chess salesman. Like, oh, you got to buy your replacement pieces, you know, like every time you play it's the a, game. It's a big market. It's a big <laughs> market. <laughs> Everyone needs pieces. So... It looks like bloody brutal. Like it's so cool where everything's like they said, everyone's you know kind of being destroyed. Eventually, they get to the no-win scenario where Ron has to move his face to check the king. Yeah. But in doing so, he his piece will be killed by the queen, be sacrificed, that letting Harry get the final checkmate so they can win. Yeah. So like we can't do this. Got to be another way. We can't let Ron die. But Ron, very brave, is like nope, not me, not Hermione. You got to go on. Not not either one of us. Like this is this is you. Definitely one of his most yeah brave moments. I'm kind of bummed that Ron kind of gets turned into more of a joke character, like kind of like Malfoy to me. And I'm like, oh, you just kind of get turned into like a joke. Mm. Like you, you were kind of more serious in the first movie and kind of more brave. I think that bravery is still there throughout, especially like in the later films. Like, um, I think it's still there for sure. I mean, he just goes because there's this character development of him like questioning a lot of things and then uh, the relationship that he has with Hermione down the road. I mean, I I don't think it makes them. Okay. A joke or weak, it's just, you know, complex. I haven't seen him in a while, so. There's maybe. a lot to it, yeah. But, but I love the way he's, like, the way he just talks to them, I feel like they're kind of, like, surprised. Yeah. Because this is the Ron they've seen 
He's like, confident. He's like, he's really right. showing, yeah, that part of him. He's like, I'm ready to make this final sacrifice. Knight yeah. to H3. And then the music kind of builds and builds. The tension's building. He's like, dun, 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 You know, like yeah. whatever music. And it just keeps getting louder and louder. And then the queen piece like slowly turns towards him, like with yeah. her fingers crossed and the sword and slowly approaches. And it's just like, dude, I want to, now I want to watch it behind the scenes of how they shot that. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's like, it must have been such a fun time as a kid too, to like be an actor on top of that. Like, horse. This is my life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I get to like, Played on giant chess pieces that get destroyed by each other. It's like, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, the queen approaches. Lucky it doesn't stab right through like right through his spleen and kill him. But that would have been but literally like, death. <laughs> but it stabs to the, to, the, to the rock instead, the stone yeah. of the knight, of the horse, and kind of explodes into millions of pieces. Ron goes flying off. Uh, they go to, like, we got to go check on him. But he's like, wait, don't move. We're still playing, you know? And he's like, oh, man, it's, so, it's such right. a cool concept. Like, you can't yeah. go check on him. So Harry makes the final move. Checkmate. And the king, the king's down. Yeah. So yeah, the game ends. They uh, thankfully Ron's still breathing. Uh, <laughs> I know it could have gone way worse. <laughs> he could have been impaled and just done for. Yeah. He would have been dead. Uh, Hermione stays with Ron, and she, you got to make sure he gets back to the infirmary and yeah. stuff. Uh, Good reason for Harry to be alone in yeah, the final. Get a message, Dumbledore. We got. I got to be alone for this. It's like that. It's like the cliche. You know, the hero's got to do this final thing alone. You know. Yeah, uh, we get a very nice heart to heart moment with like Harry and Hermione. Do you appreciate that moment between them, especially what comes down the down the line between them? I feel like they, I feel like there's a lot of seeds of that relationship that are planted. That here. friendship, yeah. Um, so I really appreciate. That. She has the great. It was like Harry's like, oh, I'm not as good a wizard as you, and she's like, you know, being bookish and spells, you know, wizarding is about you know more important things like friendship and bravery and like. Hermione, don't really sell yourself short. I mean, you're as brave as everybody else. Like, you're a great wizard. You're yeah. a great friend to Harry. Seriously. It's a cool, like, bonding. we got a great friendship. And, like, all right, cool. Like, we're equals, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Harry's alone now. He's got to descend to the final room. He descends the stairs. The final battle between Harry and Snape. Here we go. But it's, it's not Snape down there. It's pro- 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 Professor Quirrell. This can't be right. How you know? How is he here? This doesn't make any sense. He's like standing in front of the mirror, like the mirror of uh, Arisad. Uh, yeah, that's what it's called. Like the mirror that shows the desires. But he's like making fun of his own like stutter. Yeah. Much. So he's, like, like basically, just... we figure out that Quirrell is not who he's saying he's been. He like not only been faking that accent and his stutter the whole time. He's also oh, you're the one who tried to kill me during the Quidditch match. He's like no boy, I tried to kill you. You know, it wasn't Snape, but Snape. We saw Snape making eye contact. But if you look back at the scene, Quirrell was doing the same. Yeah, it's a great uh, fake out, you know. Yeah. But you you see all the the threads of it when looking back, and it's like, oh man, it's like Snape's looking out for me. Yeah, you, you look back like Snape was the one who was trying to save his life. Quirrell was the one who let the troll in, uh, but Snape suspected him and immediately went after Quirrell. Uh, there was also a scene when Harry was escaping the library with the invisibility cloak. He sees like Snape interrogating Quirrell, That's right. like I know you're up to something, kind of thing. So it's like, what? How is this even possible? What a twist, you know. What is your opinion on Quirrell? Uh, I would say kind of a forgettable character. If uh, He has some memorable moments in terms of professors of the dark arts. Like down the line, he's like the lowest one that I would like. He's like the worst villain. Of he's the like the Potter. worst villain. And uh, for me, he was just a vessel for Voldemort. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he wasn't much of a character outside of that. He was just kind of his subject. Whereas the other professors kind of have more depth to them. He's weird. He's weird. He's weird. But it also it brings up the point where you say, like, all the adults are not capable of handling it. But he did it Snape, and they, the whole time the kids are convinced he's, like, this evil guy, and he's, like, actually looking out for their well-being. Yeah. 
So there are times where the adults shine, <laughs> do the right thing, or you know, have a good cause that they're doing. Yeah, I do. I think this it's a good twist though. I it's, think because like, especially for, kid, for like a kids movie, like oh, we're trying to solve this mystery, and Harry Potter's are really good at mystery stuff, and then like oh, it wasn't Snape the whole time because it's clearly like. It's one of, literally out to get them. And it's one of those, of like, from a certain point of view, like, you can see it one way, then you realize it's a whole different way. It's exactly. Like, but it's the same situation. So I do like I do like the Quirrell thing with that, but, like, Quirrell himself isn't very interesting. No, I don't think Quirrell's very uh, interesting. We get, like, this part where uh, Quirrell's, like, kind of standing in front of the mirror. He's like, I see I see myself holding the stone, but I don't know how to get it. And then you hear, like, whispers in the room, like, who's the boy? And then, you know, Quirrell just starts losing That's it. when your eyebrows are like, like go up. What? What? Uh, and so... Quirrell yells like, "Come here, Potter!" You know, yelling at him. And if I'm Harry, I'm not approaching him. Like, he's like, "Come here, Potter!" You know, and like, I would not like. You literally just said I was trying to kill you. <laughs> like, I'm running away at this point. But yeah. you know, Harry walks up to the mirror. He's braver than I am. Uh, and you know, he's like, "What do you see, Harry?" You know, and Harry's you know looking in the mirror. He would see his parents, but this time he sees himself, like his reflection. But it's like his reflection's like kind of smiling and confident and kind of like cocky, and it's holding. He's like holding a stone. Mm-hmm. and he kind of like winks at him and as he puts it like in his pocket the reflection does it and harry kind of goes to feel it's like oh shit this is right there yeah so it's like how does this even get there i don't understand you know but before he even has time to really think about it uh harry lies what he sees he's like oh i, ju- I just won the house cup <laughs> he's like uh, what else has someone seen in this oh Ron. <laughs> yeah but we get the whispers again like let me speak to him and then Quirrell's like you know starts to unwrap his turban and you're like what and then it, the reveal of like the face on the back of his skull Oh man, this like scarred me as a kid. Not, I did not like this. It's at all. not even any face. It's Lord Voldemort's face. I I like was kind of freaked out by this when I first saw it. It's really freaky. It is freaky, and it's uh, again CG that looks rough in retrospect, but better than a lot of other uh, moments in the movie, especially the troll. They do a good job of hiding it though, because you don't see it direct on. You see it as a reflection in the mirror, and the mirror is kind of like dirty and yeah. stuff. So you kind of, it's like, ooh, that's a cool way of doing And it's an like, effect. it's one of those things that, like, I would have never thought of. Like, I never yeah. would have thought that a dude, like, this guy's soul is trapped and he like has to be. Like, on the back of this guy's he head. He has to be like a leech on another person on his back of his head. I that's, don't really know how that works in terms of the lore going forward. Because I think at this point in the story, it was just like, oh, he's just, he's leeching off of this guy. But, like, how yeah. does that work in terms of, like, the story going forward for, like, horcruxes and all this other stuff we get later on in the series mm. i don't know i think it's like the fact that the horcruxes obviously keep him alive but he loses his body so he's basically just like stuck as a soul trying to like find mm. so eventually in later on he does find that body form uh finally back again so it's kind of him just like trying to like get there again i guess yeah because he, he talks with harry at length about like you see what i have to do to survive being a parasite and drinking unicorn yeah blood. he's basically like going for, like leeching like trying to like finally get back to being a the body and a full body strength form, yeah form, form, form. uh and he's like one thing can help me you know do that and it's in your pocket harry voldemort is trying to like convince harry to join him like yeah why suffer and die harry you know join me together you can bring back your parents, you know? Yeah. But I just need something in exchange, you know, something in return, you know? And Harry mm. sees his, his parents in the mirror again, and they're just kind of staring at him as the fire's kind of going off. Harry's, like, silhouetted. It's a cool little, like, ominous kind of thing. You know, Harry pulls the stone out of his pocket at this point because Voldemort sees it. He's like, there is no good or evil. There is only power, and those too weak to seek it. Mm. And then we get another, another reference to, like, together we can do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. Yeah. So it's like the greatness extraordinary things it keeps coming back into play it's like, yeah it's like the perspective ooh. of like yeah it's um i i like that 
Harry just immediately just goes, calls out Voldemort, liar, you know, and Voldemort just had enough of talking with Harry. He's like, kill him, you know, because obviously he was going to kill him, you know. Yeah. He's just trying to talk. Quirrell launches at Harry and just That's starts such to, a weird series. He's like, rah, flies, it, it flies right at him and just chokes him. You have the Dark Lord of the whatever on the, your head. You don't have any spells yeah. you're going to use to kill the boy. Apparently you do. Avada Kedavra, one of the curses. No? Yeah, um, you'd think there'd be a more clean way to do it. <laughs> And Harry, you know, he's trying to, like, he's choking. Eventually, he has to, like, grab onto the Quirrell's hand. Like. What interesting thing that I've always thought about. I always thought it was weird that he touches him, but it isn't until his hands touch. So, Quirrell touches Harry, but it isn't until Harry's hands touches Quirrell oh. that he does something to him. So, it wouldn't just all of his skin. Oh, it would make more sense, though, if, in hindsight, make this movie. Right? Uh, <laughs> it, it, Quirrell pulls out a wand and starts to, like, try to kill Harry or, like, tries to do a spell. And Harry has to like get up close to him and touch him. And even if, if Quirrell ever touched Harry, he would start to disintegrate. Or something. But like, I that'd feel be like cool. that'd be a cool little thing. I, it would be cool, but it's also like there could have been a way where maybe like Quirrell grabbed Harry without oh, touching like, without his, skin. his skin. Then Harry touches him and then he starts burning. Because it yeah. makes it's weird that he touches his skin and nothing happens. You're right. That is really weird. And then his hands touch him and it's like, oh, well. Yeah, that plot hole. Uh, plot hole. Harry Potter, worst movie ever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All the reasons Harry Potter is broken and terrible. Uh, but yeah, so Harry obviously starts to disintegrate him and burn him. It's a cool fact of like he's like turning him to dust and stones. The original Thanos snap, you know, back in two thousand one. Uh, Seriously, yeah. And Quirrell's face is just completely melting and dusting off, and uh, and he just turns to dust before Harry's eyes. Yeah, Harry. Kind of a tra- really traumatic, bizarre, scarring thing that we could see. This man just disintegrating in front of you. Yeah, it's a little anticlimactic just because there's no like magic or anything spells happening. But like, yeah, it, but I, I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fine. Uh, before Harry can leave, he like grabs a stone, but like the weird smoke spirit thing yeah, of Voldemort kind of comes out of the ashes and like kind of like flies through his body weirdly, like kind of screaming like, ah! yeah, and knocks him down, knocks him out, and then you get the slow motion like, ah! <laughs> and then he blasts out of the out of the room, and Harry goes unconscious. Yeah. He wakes up later on. He's in the hospital wing. Yep. He's back at Hogwarts. And he's surrounded by like candy and goodies. And, and Dumbledore's there to, to greet him as he wakes as well. And Dumbledore's like, you know, oh, the, the candy from your Myers. And Dumbledore's always full of great lines. Yeah. But he has this great one where he's like, what happened down in the dungeons between you and Quirrell oh, is yeah. a complete secret. So naturally, the whole school knows. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, that's not, you know, that's That cool. is a great line. Uh, we find out the stone was destroyed. Uh, but it doesn't mean that Voldemort can never find a way to come back. There's other ways of coming back. Uh, we also learned that the, the someone could only get the stone is if they wanted it, if they wanted to find it, but not, not use, use it, it would yeah. be able to get it. Which is such a great, like, like powerful, like, statement of, like, what's your intention for this powerful, like, object? It's like, do you want to abuse it or use it? Or is it just, like, to find it and have it for... It's such a weird enchantment. What if Dumbledore needs to find it again? What? Because he wants to find it. But what if he doesn't want to use it? What if he just needs to have it or you know have it on him or for so like he makes the enchantment so, so but he can find it if he wants it right but the the guy who who made it nicholas smell is like 660 he's like oh he's 665th birthday or whatever so he's like immortal and he agreed to like have it be destroyed so he would die mm. but wouldn't he want to like find it in order to what if he had to find it again in order to survive and live but that's the problem is he would be using it that's what i'm saying like he's been using it this whole time mm interesting <laughs> i just i i guess that's kind of a questionable thing <laughs> and also why would he ever agree to give it nicholas yeah i, I guess don't know. maybe it was being attempted to be stolen i think it's oh that th- you know what that's why they grabbed it because they they had the, maybe the teachers knew that there's going to be attempt to have it be stolen from gringotts yeah that may, so okay. they, maybe they knew something was up 
that's why they yeah took it originally and just kind of kept it in safe keeping but yeah i think it's just like it's about good intentions mm. you know it's like doing something for the right or reasons. for good reasons not for power good, good message yeah good message uh we also learned about uh the reason that harry was able to survive was because harry's mother left a mark on him a mark that lives on your skin but it's not like a scar but yep. her love her sacrifice for him is love is the best magic of all um yep. yeah know, the strongest yeah. magic is the love you know uh, love it. But Harry, you know, leaves the hospital wing. Oh, I I love the the line when Dumbledore leaves at the end, and it's like talking about the the beans. Oh yeah, and it's like had a, a traumatic like when he had like a vomit flavor when he was. Oh, he's young. Like, he hasn't been able to eat the candy ever but since. It's he like, ate it. oh, but a toffee will do, and he eats it. Mm, earwax. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the cool. Do you remember those candies? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, remember them at like Barnes and Noble. We were there to like read books and stuff, and like, oh, candy. And I get one, and there's like atrociously. <laughs> flavor and i'm like why did i get this why did i decide to get, why this? Did I get this i remember uh like they had like the jelly beans obviously all the, like all the flavored jelly beans and i f- oddly enough i remember them at like a jogathon like oh. you know the jogathons where they like they stamp your back of your t-shirt you know, yeah yeah like, i remember them passing those out for some reason like it was like one of the snacks you can have and like i always remember like oh this is like do i like this or do i not like this, this is like vomit and yeah the problem and... is like if it's a certain flavor then that's what you got yeah, yeah. uh Anyway, Harry leaves the hospital. He meets up with Ron and Hermione, and they're like, oh, we're doing Never Better. And it's kind of like a nice touching moment between all of them as they go into their way to the uh, the final feast of the year and time to award the House Cup. The House Cup point tally at the end of the year is fourth place, 312 points for Gryffindor. Last place. Third place, Hufflepuff at 352 points. Second place at 426 points in Ravenclaw. And then first place, Slytherin, 472 points. And all the kids cheer. And this is Dumbledore announcing it, right? He's announcing, like, the winner. Yeah. He's like, oh, well done, Slytherin. Well done, Slytherin. However, I have some last-minute points to award. Now, you would think that would come before the announcement. This is such bullshit, dude. Like, Dumbledore, basically, you're announcing the results. You're announcing the winner. And you can't, And everyone's clapping and cheering, and you're like a kid. You can't just go pull the rug under him and be like, uh, we're just going to do it. We're going to have something to but say. But you know what? He did it. <laughs> he went for it. So the last minute points go to Hermione, 50 points for use of intellect while others were in great peril. Mm-hmm. For Ron, 50 points for the best game of chess. I'd be, at this point, I'd be like, if I was in Slytherin, yo, whoa, whoa, what, <laughs> what kind of cheating is this? What kind of favoritism is this? You could just award points at the end and get all these points. Harry gets 60 points for yep. pure love and outstanding courage. And then they ties them up with Slytherin immediately yep and they're like they're just getting these points for these three people and then lastly neville 10 points my man bravery for standing up to your friends as well as your enemies kind of thing it's like oh that's i like that line yeah but griffinor wins by 10 points like oh griffinor wins the house cup let's redecorate and all the griffinor kids are celebrating like slytherin rightfully so is like pissed and throwing things off like are you kidding me all year long all these other houses all these teachers look down on me as a slytherin and now you're gonna steal my house cup for being this best student for once of the year? we're actually like honored and acknowledged and you just yank it away from you us yank it away from <laughs> us what the hell dude i'll be so pissed off no wonder he'd have so many dude, you could definitely there. argue you could definitely make the argument that that was a very rigged uh bias so rigged absolutely unf- yeah that's just not fair so not fair. as much as i love the moment as much as you love to see him yeah especially since you get those points for like working hard like doing homework blah blah blah, blah being a good student and these kids were not being good students they were <laughs> spending their time elsewhere and like know what we're gonna give you uh 160 whatever points we're gonna give you 
they it, that's one of the great things about Harry Potter is that they constantly do the stuff they're told not to, but it ends up doing something good. And it's just that's like, a cool. I like the concept. I kind of like that concept. I don't think in terms you should of, take it all the time to heart, <laughs> but <laughs> just because you think you're doing the right thing doesn't mean you always are. Okay, in terms of straight up bullshit though, if I was a student, I'd be so pissed off, dude. I would. Be, I would be livid. That. Like I, I would. It would be funny if they had some kind of storyline, like a sub. Imagine like the whole story's going on, but there's like this one student who's so like just pissed, a very by, it, the, by it, the book, like behind the. It scenes, becomes like, their agenda to like get revenge, <laughs> get, get the house cup the next year. It's not even focusing on the actual Harry Potter events. It's, it's focusing just him on, like, doing on, their, like the schoolwork to be the best student, and like when everything gets taken over by different. And years. you hear like all these different references of the things happening. He's like just doing his study. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets is happening. Like how is it? They won again. Like <laughs> I know it keeps happening. They keep winning and he's like i would have like, won it too if it wasn't for you damn meddling kid of like hufflepuff and ravenclaw coming to steal it as some other years and like because no one cares about it later on he's like the only one who cares about yeah. the, the house cup that'd be a good comic <laughs> that'd be a great pitch yeah yeah uh so we're about the end of the movie here you know harry ron and hermione are boarding the hogwarts express back home uh harry gives uh hagrid one final hug goodbye and uh hagrid gives harry that last little gift like a scrapbook with like the moving picture with uh, harry and his parents when harry's like a baby yeah, you could cry, you know. Yeah, uh, Hagrid is like, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, if your cousin you know ever tries to mess with you, you can always uh, threaten him with a bit of magic, you know, if he gets out of line. <laughs> and like, you're not supposed to do magic outside of school, Hagrid. He's like, well, I know that, but your cousin don't, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, good one, Hagrid. I, I like that, you know. He's kind of like, again, you can bend the rules a little bit. A lot know? of a lot of recklessness that's encouraged and done at this school, but you know what? But I'll allow it's, it. To, I'll it's allow not it. for bad intention. I like to see it. You yeah. love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> But we get the, I love this line at the end. Hermione's like, oh, it feels strange to be going home, doesn't it? And Harry's like, I'm not going home. Not really. So awesome. Home is where Hogwarts is. <laughs> home is where, because like that's his home. He doesn't belong. Well, it's a know? whole, it, it's a very, it's a journey about belonging and like discovering like your importance and all that. We get the final shot of Hagrid and Harry waving goodbye to each other. <sighs> the music swelling. The, like, when the music hits, it hits it, it hard. Hits, it hits hard. Uh, and then that's, that's the end. Yeah. What do you think of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? It's a great Stone? movie. One of the best um, introductions to a series, like a film series ever. Like one of the best beginnings. For a franchise. For a franchise. Not even films. Multimedia franchise. Yeah, I, that's true. Yeah. Obviously, the book started off, and they're successful because she already had four of them released at the point the movie came out. But yeah. I don't think it would have been big without this movie, and I think the movie's a big part of it, like of how awesome yeah, absolutely. established everything. Although, I think about the time, like, like weird fantasy like that it wasn't the norm no of like and it just blew up lord of the rings and harry potter at the early 2000s made people realize that like fantasy is those like, movies yeah it's something that can be widely accepted and loved and profitable and profitable and later on you see that with game of thrones as a series and it's, it makes it realize that like yeah it, that's kind of like a big turning point in it's entertainment the, it deserves our respect for like starting Huge a lot respect. of stuff yeah, yeah. stuff off especially and as kids we all loved it growing up harry potter was he, you don't even realize how he, I mean it's huge now obviously but like growing up it was freaking everywhere like because every year a new movie was coming out there was new games there was all yeah. this candy and toys and etc you know? the great thing is that I didn't know the story so as the movies were coming out I was going into them not knowing what was happening yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of one of the b big reasons I love not reading the books is because i had that experience of going to the theater being like what do we got like what is happening and versus being like okay how's it going to be compared to the book the anticipation for each harry potter movie i was like oh shit another <laughs> one's that coming out i think we agree we love it it's yeah. awesome i quite enjoyed watching it it literally changed the world 
it yeah completely. Like, it, it defined a generation you know what i mean like cause, uh, literally our whole generation it's, of kids it's, growing up in that time it's like a star wars for a whole different generation you know what i mean yeah like it just it completely yeah it set all kinds of cultural and like just ways of life it deserves all the respect all the success yeah. and respect it's gotten and i still don't think it's the best harry potter movie but it's great. it's one of my favorites it's, it's i would say no i mean the thing about harry potter as we go on is that they're all great movies just, there's some that are obviously better than others i think but like there, there's no it's not like there's a dropping point in terms of like the overall reception it's like it's like quality and they're all like up there in terms of like it's probably one of the best series of all time if you really think about best it. franchises for one sure of the best franchises so i do enjoy the more serious themes and tones that come later but it makes me thankful that it started off. It treated them like children, and, but respectfully, and in a way that was like a lighthearted but still serious tone. And then as they get older, it you know grows with them. But yeah, you gotta love it, man. It's I love a classic. It. I love it. Well, I'm assuming at some point we'll have you back and we'll discuss the rest of the franchise. Oh, We're yeah. not gonna do it all back to back to back. Yeah. It's gonna kill me if this I do that. This will be kind of a prolonged series, but we'll definitely keep going and. Thank you for joining me on Backtrack, your podcast re-debut, as it were. I know. Um, yeah. We used to have – Connor had a podcast a long time ago. We used to do it. That's kind of where we got our start pretty much. So I'm glad to be back and join on more episodes. It's going to be great. Yeah. Hopefully uh, the world doesn't burn down or Voldemort doesn't take over. <laughs> At this point, I'm nothing's out of the question, you know? <laughs> 2020 man you know a month to month it's just like day to day what's next hour to hour <laughs> yeah oh my god well at least we always have these movies to look back on and if you're listening to this podcast thank you for getting this far in because this is a long one thank you everybody for listening you can find us basically in the description of what we are what we're doing where yeah. we're at on the internets if you want to get in touch with us about the show or anything else uh until then i'll see you guys next week Bye bye